Hello, Chomp Nation, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Chompcast, the official video game podcast of Sword Chomp. It's a podcast where if you listen long enough, you will feel the arthritis plaguing your fingers and wrists as you come upon the second straight hour of playing video games. You will take a break to go to the bathroom for the third time since sitting down. Your eyes will feel strained, rubbing them with your free hand as you flush the toilet. Your lower back will feel tight, and you will attempt to stretch the tightness away. Oh, oh, groaning. Oh, God. You'll peer at yourself in the mirror and mutter yourself, getting old sucks. But you can't stop, and you sure as hell won't stop. So, allow us to talk about games, and hopefully you enjoy what you hear. This week, we will be discussing gaming in our 30s, the good and the bad. We will, of course, be reading the listener comments on the topic. We will also be discussing some games <gasps> as we get out our first impressions on Metroid Dread, Jet, The Far Shore, and Sable. We will round out the show with our Patreon poll and social media polls, such as what new games you will be picking up, a future free-to-play twisted metal game, Konami starting to focus on making quote-unquote quality games again, Choo Choo Charles, a brand new horror game, and a music instrument question. It's a hilarious Konami joke. Thank you. I, I, I worked on it for hours. But first, before we get into the show, I have with me the editor from the place where people can't calmly talk to each other. I'm talking about New York, and I'm talking, of course, about Rich Meister. Mr. Rich Meister is in the building. I'm walking in. <laughs> I was hoping you'd do something, New York. Uh, uh, what's going know, on? You know, I'm good. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Uh, busy uh, playing yeah. games. To I've written so many reviews recently. I don't even think I'm plugging them all. We got Kenna up there now. I wanted to mention that because I haven't mentioned it anywhere. Dude, you are you have been super productive the past mm -hmm. few weeks. I'm really I, um, I'm proud of you. Thanks, man. I can talk about the future, so I can pretend that the review for Jet the Far Shore is done. Because if you're listening to this, it is. Um, there you go. <laughs> Uh, video games are, are happening, and there's a new Metroid. That's crazy. Um, yep. I wanted to get ahead of the the chase here before we get into the topic and state that <laughs> I have no opinion about it because I'm 28. Ah, uh, well, the the thing is, I framed it Fucking to the child. the Instagram as so to where you could you could talk mm -hmm. about it. So there's gonna be a little bit more on that. But yeah, you've been pretty prolific these past few weeks with your writing and your script writing. And uh, have you started on that super secret project that we aren't going to name, but we uh, are definitely I have. I have. Yes. And, and here's the, the thing, without me talking much about what it is, okay. that's the, tough, the toughest. Um, I'm trying to write an ending and then work backwards because I feel like that's the easiest way to do yes. it. Yes. Um, and that's been tough, but I'm, I'm having fun with it. I'm simultaneously... Um, Working on the other new podcast, Chomping at the Bits, which if you're listening to this, the first episode will be out in this feed in just a few days. Um, sometime between uh, Wednesday and Friday. Um, I actually have to discuss that with, with Josh in private, but him and I can talk about that tomorrow because we got to do other stuff tomorrow. Yeah, and yeah, we got stuff to do today, you know, but yeah, yeah, just let me know. Like, 
in regards to that super secret project, when you sit down to do it, when you plan to do it here in the next week or two, let me know when you're going to do it. I'll come hang out and I'll. We that can sounds good, ball. man. We'll we'll carve out a day. Um, yeah, we need where we to. can do that. I also I'm going to be heading out to uh, Westchester for a day or two in the next two weeks or so. I'm for a friend's Halloween shindig. I'm just going to spend the night and hang out. I'm just mm. going to bring uh, my laptop and like sit in their peaceful backyard that I don't get to experience ever, and yeah. uh, <laughs> just kind of get a little work done there. Yeah. Yep. That's. That's been the greatest thing about doing work with this stuff recently is like, I'll bring my laptop everywhere and I'm like, oh, I got 30 minutes. <laughs> Let me write a little bit. As- yeah, that's the like me hunched in my car at work, uh, just typing away at shit, yep. whether it be reviews, whether it be that project. The, the weirder part of that is like I've I've already delved some character names into that other project I and like trying that. to keep track of all the loose ends is so hard. And you should I've make like a given, reference page. That's what I do like yeah. when I'm writing in my story. This is the weirdest thing I've ever had to write. And it's like, again, I, I don't want to say what it is, but it throws me the furthest back to like when I was like writing script pitches, like yep. uh, in my early 20s. Yep. And exactly. it's it's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. I can't wait for that project. My last question, Rich, before we introduce um, other people. How's your dog doing? Oh, he's doing great. He's doing fantastic. He's a very good boy. Um, the goodest. I've had some help here for a while, so thankfully I can still, even while he's very little, carve out time to do these things without it being yeah. much of a concern. Well, and unlike dogs that. I've had in the past, he is not a barker, which is nice. That's good. good. That's good. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for you. And I'm glad you're here. I'm happy for me. I'm happy I'm for you, too. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here, Rich. But I am also joined by a man who has been doing more spying than the Russians as he has been dealing with an unruly group of neighbors. He still was able to take a break from his stakeout, uh, excuse me, today from North Carolina to join us. It's Joshua Fowler who's here. Now, Josh, do you have enough supplies for the next few days? Surprise? Supplies. Surprise. Surprise! Surprise! Supplies! <laughs> um, I mean, you got water, you got food, you got... Yeah, I got, got the caffeine, got, got, got everything stocked up, ready to go. Yeah. Got a few Playboys. Eh. I mean, you can throw them out the window to just, like, facilitate... Oh, it's just distraction. Yeah, yes. yeah, no, no, we, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Don't you have a pocket full of big coins that aren't real money with you for that? Like, they just have, like, a big crown on them or something? Mm. Yeah, I've played in RPG. The chocolate ones. The chocolate ones, yeah. Yeah. I have, I have the coins from Hitman. <laughs> I do not. I, I literally would have just shit my pants laughing if you would have just pulled up a fucking bag of coins from your desk. I actually, there is a good chance of that. If uh, if you had caught me yesterday, I could have pulled out the the Hitman tie clip I have. Oh, I was talking to Josh. Mm. I'm just oh, kidding. I, I, I'm, kidding. I, I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. There's a lot of shit over here. There is. There is. But no, Josh, how you been this week? Other than uh, today, uh, pretty good. Pretty good this week. Got a lot of gaming done. Not a lot of new gaming. Still, I'm wrapping up ton of the games that i've started recently are long games and so i'm finishing up a bunch of stuff that uh mm. yeah that i've been enjoying it's, it's been good been a, been a good week and then as you alluded to 
right before the show, well, I mean, not right before the show, but this, this afternoon I was working on something and ended up screwing up my elbow so, so badly that I just kind of laid down and took some drugs and, and died. Kind of, yeah, just, just <laughs> sat there for, for the rest of the day until it was time to start the, start the show and everything. Yeah. You had mentioned that you crawled to your desk and I was really concerned because you need your elbow to crawl and I was hoping you mm-hmm. weren't like so out of it from the drugs that you were just kind of like, oh, <laughs> oh, fuck, this desk yeah. is so far. Yeah. Oh, wait. It's, it's like, interesting just... that like trying to put a jacket back on or you know, like a light hoodie for, yeah. for, for the show and everything and, and realizing exactly how awkward of a motion it is to put on a jacket um, yep. that you don't notice until you completely screw up your elbow. Um, so that was yeah, fun. It, it isn't like until you completely lose function of something that you realize how much you value and need it. Mm-hmm. Um, like losing my sense of smell. I still don't have my sense of smell from COVID to this day. I can't smell anything. There are days where I really miss being able to smell things. Like, oh man, I don't even know if this dinner that I'm eating smells good. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, Spoiler right. alert, it does not. But Josh, I need, I need a very, like, very quick, important statement from you. There, there have been people online recently, not just one person, I'm not like shading anybody, who have recently been saying that this year has been a slow year for gaming. If I could get like one quick comment out of you um, for, for the press, what would you say to that? dude i'm drowning in shit yeah 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 i i literally couldn't believe that i was reading that i've read it in a few posts on twitter and instagram um few mutuals i know have said that and i was just like what the hell are you talking about and not even that and i think i expressed this to you because we were talking about this a little bit like not just ha- do I feel it hasn't really been slow in the past month alone. I've been drowning in fantastic games like since yeah. September hit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Overwhelmed with awesome shit to play. I like, can't remember the last time where I was like, oh shit, I need to play this and I need to play this and this drop. So I need to play this and all this just drops. I got to try and fit this in before the end of the year. I've been barely while. scratched the surface of Lost Judgment, which is like yakuza is one of my favorite series of all time but there's yep. just so much other shit going on yeah. that it's hard to commit fully to a game of that size yeah yeah mm-hmm. exactly well josh i'm glad that you and i are in agreement, and i appreciate you being here despite your your elbow issues um, yeah yeah i mean the I'll, drugs have, have helped a bit yeah drugs do that you're, you're welcome for that yeah <laughs> thanks drugs you thanks big pharma that's the only i just said josh a big that. box of narcotics <laughs> better than a big box of cocks i got nothing um and by the way i'm is shay it? i'm calling depends. in <laughs> depends i'm shay calling in from japan it's great to be here speaking of having no time for video games because there's so much happening we are joined today by a very special guest he hosts the hunting pixels podcast with a few of his good friends he is a lover of horror movies and sitcoms Please welcome to the show, Bebop. Bebop, how you doing today, buddy? Oh, I'm uh, trying to get over that comment that the this year has been slow in gaming. Like, yeah, I, I 
don't know if I've ever rolled my eyes any harder than that. <sighs> Within the past five minutes, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, but, but no, yeah. seriously. Yeah, like, I know you've been busy working on stuff and whatnot. Um, yeah, how, like, where, where, huh. where does somebody even get off saying that? Like, to, like, someone like you and me and, um other people who are just so busy with their time it's like man there are so many good games right now yeah it's ridiculous uh i'm playing trigger witch right now i don't know if you guys have heard of that but uh i'm really in love with it i'm about to start sable um what, what I, else have i, I been can't playing? wait to give you a little delve into like i put a good few hours into sable we'll talk about that here at some point that game's something special yeah yeah i played the demo uh what was it in july maybe mm-hmm. it came out yeah. and i loved it so i was super looking forward to it but and i've also got can, like that's like the slowest part too I, i've he- heard people who oh. were into the demo and i'm like that's the slowest part of the game like i think it sells it really short that demo oh well mm. i can't wait then uh but you know unmetal just came out uh which yep. is right up my alley uh my alley um uh song song of iron like i mean just and that that's all within the last month it, yeah, i don't yeah, know yeah, it's People are like crazy. this, it's this wild. month has uh, September and October have been insane, and it's only going to continue to get worse from here. So, what's like, what's one game that hasn't come out yet that you're really looking forward to this year by the end of the year playing? Oh, geez. Um, let me just look at my list here. Yeah, like that's the thing is like you do video. Shouldn't give me ten uh no my co-host is definitely looking forward to that one but um i just like to plant the seed in everyone's head (laughs) uh god i'm trying to remember everything that's coming out this year i i will say for me maybe this will help i don't know how it would but um october 26th solar ash comes out and i've been really looking forward to that game that's oh yeah that's mm-hmm. the uh the follow-up to hyperlight drifter right yep from heart mm-hmm. machine yes mm-hmm. sir yeah that's yeah, what i'm uh, also looking forward to hang on i've got it right here here we go games I that i should get to uh, uh probably i hate to say this forza horizon 5 <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a car guy at all, but those games are stupid fun. I have so much fun with those yeah. games. I, I agree with you, silly, because I'm not a big like car game guy either. And I've, I've talked about I talk about Wreckfest all the time on this podcast because that's the oh, sort yeah. of car game I love. For one um, day, can you please just say <laughs> Wreckfest? Wreckfest. Thank you. Um, I'm happy. Uh, the thing, especially now with Game Pass, where I don't have to spend sixty dollars on the new Forza Horizon, yep. that game is so pretty and handles so well that there's no reason for me to not download it and like jump in for a few hours and just have some fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I'm glad you're here, Bebop. I'm excited to talk about this topic with you. Um, it's something that we kind of discussed privately about which topics we were gonna do, and we settled more like I told you we were gonna do it. <laughs> Uh, we kind of settled on this one, and I thought it was interesting because um, the generation, the millennials, uh, that that was such a big generation who got into gaming, and that's one that all of us are a part of, and we're all getting older, and the, the gaming landscape is kind of changing in some ways uh, for Gen Z and the future generations to come, and so to talk about gaming in our 30s is kind of interesting because it, it 
it captures so well I think so many things about how the past 30 years have changed so drastically. So I figured talking about the good and bad of gaming while we're in our 30s would be a fun way to kind of talk about historical and current issues uh, in terms of gaming and uh, just have some fun with it. I think it's a very loose, broad topic. So yeah, I mean, like I, I, when I, when I threw this topic in, to our backlog of topics i didn't have a specific idea in mind of where to take this topic but i i would say like just to start it off so we can get some semblance of conversation going i would say for me the way it's changed gaming for me being in my 30s would be that i gen generally not always but generally have kind of been more laser focused on what I play, when I play it, and how I play it. And I would say that's a good thing because in, when I was a child, I would have like all these video games. I was very, very fortunate that I had um, parents who would buy me multiple video games and I had a lot to play. Obviously, not everybody's as fortunate as that um, to acknowledge that. But I, I would play, I would be like, oh, I play a half an hour of Crash Bandicoot. Oh, I'm not doing well today. I'll just transfer to this other game. And I would just kind of had ADD brain just playing all these games in one day. And then in my teens, I would just hyper focus. I would play like Halo for a year straight or I'd play Fable for like three months straight. And then I got my 20s and then I started getting an ADD brain again. Or I was just playing all this stuff at the same time. And in my 30s, um, trying to be more cognizant of money and time as I've gotten more responsibilities unfortunately and <laughs> um whatnot that i i'm very very picky about what games i play um and like and i mean that like i'm open-minded to all video games but if it doesn't really appeal to me that much i'm much more willing to just drop it and say no i don't have time for this because there's so many other games i want to get to especially mm -hmm. Um, now where gaming's at, where it feels like there are so many games coming out now more than there have ever been. There's so many indie developers. There's so many AAA, AA, single A developers releasing all these games, vying for your wallet and your attention. That you got to kind of be choosy. And so for me, I've kind of gotten a balance of that in my life, which I've been really thankful for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but like when when you guys think of gaming in your 30s, any kind of positive or negative, what do you guys think of? And I'm going to actually go ahead and throw it to you first, Bebop, uh, since you're our guest, I'll let you take it away. Oh, uh, well, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, and that's all the time I... we have for today. Um, so next, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. So I think the thing for me that's really changed drastically is that. I, I mean, it's kind of what you said. I, I find myself with more responsibility now, so I have to kind of like pick and choose what I play. Uh, so I've had to, I feel like learn what, what, uh, how do I want to phrase this? I've had to learn what games I know I will like so that then I know what to spend my time on. So like, for instance, like I saw Trigger Witch, I saw the trailer for it and I said, oh, 
I know I'm going to like that game. And so I picked it up. Uh, same thing with Death's Door from earlier this year. You know, I, I have what to know game. myself to know what I'm going to play because I don't have the time to play everything that I did when I was, you know, in my 20s or, or you know, growing up. Yeah. I just don't have the time for that anymore. Now, I actually have a follow-up question to you on that. <clears throat> because you also do a video gaming podcast, um, granted, you guys kind of focus more on exactly what you're saying, the things you do like, and highlighting those things. Do you ever kind of feel this, not specific pressure, but this general pressure to try things that maybe are a little bit out of your wheelhouse that way, A, you can be open-minded in general, but B, you can try and possibly find like a hidden gem to talk about with your, your audience. Uh, I, so the one thing that the, the podcasting has done for me uh, is more, I feel like more a pressure to play games because um, I mean, I, I don't know if I've said it here with you guys before, but like, I, I'm a movie guy. Like that's where my heart lies. Like I've always loved movies. I've always wanted to make movies. Like that's just, that's where my heart lies. But gaming is like a close second behind that. Yeah. And I sometimes have like phases that I'll go through where I just don't want to play games. And so the podcast has kind of yeah. like made me be like, you have to play a game. You have to play something so that then you can talk about it on the next episode. That's the biggest thing it's done for me. But with that said, the one thing that I wanted to instill with like my co-host when we started everything was this, this uh, sort of like mantra of like, play what you want. Don't feel like you have to play like the new hotness. Like I, I don't feel like I am obligated to play something just because it it's might be more clicks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like I picked up Hitman three earlier this year just because I was like, I want to give this a try again. And I'm glad that I did because it's, it's been one of the best gaming experiences of the year for me, but so good. Like when it's so good, when it comes to like call of duty, right. I'm not going to buy this call of duty. I'm, I'm just not going to, because I don't want to put that pressure on myself to play a game that I have no interest in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I understand that. Like, that's something that in my 20s I definitely felt more influenced by, especially doing a video game podcast. And in my 30s, I feel less influenced by. Um, for example, we, we had gotten a, a comment on social media about uh, one, of, one of the fans of the show was talking about how they're really looking forward to us talking about Alan Wake, the, the remaster, because they're on the fence about purchasing it. And I, I do want to play Alan Wake, and I do want to eventually get to it. And I felt a little initial pressure about being like, okay, well, this one fan wants it. They really value our opinion. Maybe I should pick it up this week. But I then I also it. I realized... <laughs> <laughs> but then I realized, well, I have all these other games I, I really want to prioritize more and I want to get to, and I will eventually get to Alan Wake. I, I will. Um, a, more, a more defined example of that would be Far Cry 6 just came out. Oh, yeah. And yeah. While, mm -hmm. while the trailer looks interesting, and I, I really like... Uh, I think his name is Juan Carlo. I think that's how you pronounce his name. As an as an actor, Juan Carlo Esposito. Yeah. Yes, I love him as an actor. A anything I've seen him in, phenomenal actor. He's got a great yeah. range. 
But Far Cry is not really my bag. And I know a lot of people are talking about it right now, and a lot of our fans love that series. And I respect that series. Um, it just, it's not for me. I, don't, I have and, no respect for it. Well, <laughs> I, I, I will respectfully disagree. I had some fun with Five, but overall it That's wasn't That's the worst my, one. Well, fair yeah, enough. The shovels it wasn't good. my bag. The, sh- the shovels are good. That's... There are good shovels. There's and really the puppies, good shovels and in that And the game. puppies. You guys always miss the dog, which is the best part of the game. But anyways. Um, I didn't get that far. <laughs> so something that I, I think I latched on when I started listening to you guys specifically is I do think that you guys do the same thing where, like, I know... I, well, I say I know. I mostly have an idea of what each one of your tastes is, right? Like, I know that Josh likes the indie weird games that, like, nobody's talking about, right? Uh, I know that, like, Rich is really into JRPGs. <laughs> like, that's his bag. Yeah. Not shy about it. And Shay, you're—I I mean, honestly, Shay, you're kind of all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I—I um. <laughs> yeah, I, like. I'd say I'm the, probably the most, and I don't mean this in a negative way. I like. I'm probably the most open-minded to trying something new. Not that these guys aren't open-minded to trying something new. It's just that, like, I—I I think I can find beauty in almost any game. But like, when I don't like something, I vehemently don't like it. <laughs> and I'm, yeah. I'm very expressive about that. And sometimes I think maybe that, you just get off less on shitting on things than I do. Be like, no, that's garbage. Why are you talking about that? That's <laughs> probably <laughs> it. That's probably it. But no, I was just, I was like, to kind of bring it back into the topic and uh, um, whatnot is, yeah, like, I think that's, I think that's one of the things that you realize as you get older that, <clears throat> yeah, in theory, it'd be fun to be in your teens and twenties and not have to worry as much about you know, the responsibilities of life and getting older and stuff like that and just playing video games. There are times where I miss that, where I would just come home from work and I would plop on my couch and just play four or five hours of Fallout 3. But as you get older, you realize like, okay, my body can't physically handle sitting on this couch for four or five hours doing nothing if I'm not, you know, keeping my physical health in a decent level, you know? So that means, okay, well, I got to add doing things for my physical health which takes a little bit of time oh i can't eat shitty food the rest of my life okay i gotta start cooking the worst and providing myself with a better meal that cuts in a little bit of time and these things start adding up and then you realize well i don't have as much time to play video games but in turn when you do have time and you are focused on it it makes that time so much sweeter and it's less about like i have nothing to do it's like i have so much to do but I'm going to make time for this because it's still something I love. Yeah. yeah. Josh and Rich, where do you weigh in on this? I mean, in general. I think I, I mirror a lot of the, the sentiments you guys were, were showering. Like, it, it's a lot of the, the time management and shit. And also, this, this might be more particular to me and the fact that I spent a lot of my early 20s freelancing in, like, traditional games media. So I've had to break habits of, like, even here forcing myself to play things I'm not enjoying and like we, we get codes occasionally here still and there I it's worked out typically where I enjoy the game regardless but like back then I had experiences where I was covering a game that I hated and I, I find it hard to shake those habits even now where I'm like I need to power through this because I need to have an opinion on this and I need mm. to uh 
do my due diligence. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because I enjoy that like journalistic aspect of it still. But also sometimes I need to make myself focus more on like zeroing in on the experiences I'm enjoying because I'd much rather put the things I like on a pedestal than take a shit on the things I don't like. Yeah, I mean, that's such a big thing. There's there's so much criticism in the world and just in gaming community as a whole. Why waste time, A, playing something that you're not enjoying when there are other things that are clearly out that you could be enjoying, but B, adding to the cacophony of just, I don't want to say mindless, but shoveling on negativity when you can just say, you know what, this isn't for me. I know it's not for me. Let me play something else. And that's yeah. that was like, One of the big examples for me I always think of is like Death Stranding. It's probably not that bad of a game, but playing that first hour, or I should say almost getting to play part of the game (laughs) in that first hour, um, because it takes you 45 minutes to get through a lot of the intro stuff. It's not a good intro. I was like, this just isn't for me. I know it's not for me. And yeah, maybe if I gave it a little bit more of a chance, I would change my mind on it. With all the other games I'm wanting to play, the games that I've never played that are 20 years old that I, I want to get to someday, why would I suffer through getting through a few hours of what, in my opinion, was not enjoyable expose or exposition, excuse me, exposition to get to where it could be good when I could spend those few hours, which are so limited in my schedule, to something I know I'm rather go- I'm going to be enjoying. You know, mm-hmm. but did I, you like, get I to don't... the part with the fecal grenades? The fecal grenades? Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. No, that would be completely made up in any other circumstance. But it's com- it's but completely it's... true this time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. But yeah, <laughs> don't this... worry. In a week or two, we'll be talking about Death Stranding again. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you will. <laughs> but no, to your point, Rich, like I, I agree with you that like I don't I don't want to sit here and add negativity. I, I hate when we have to come on to an episode and I honestly I get a little bit nervous when I have to come on here and be like, man, this game, I really didn't enjoy it. Here are all these mm-hmm. issues with it. And actually I get a little bit nervous when we like it's not just me when if it's Josh or Rich, um, we have to come on the podcast and we have to be negative about something. I don't like that. I don't like doing that because there's already enough of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah. The negativity thing, I like, I don't mind saying I don't like it, but also kind of like Rich was saying, like, like time wise, I'd rather be telling someone else about a good game because it's yeah. like, because, I mean, like, if it's something different that people aren't talking about, I'd much rather have people find out about something, you know, really obscure, something weird that they wouldn't have heard about otherwise, if it, is, if it does turn out to be good. Um, and that's why, like, some of the rougher stuff is always hard for me, and, I, and I've always tried to do this through my entire career reviewing stuff. Uh, one example where I like really think I I did my due diligence with was I reviewed Skatebird for the website recently and I tried my best to like there is good stuff in there that is not a good game but I was able to wring out the stuff that I thought worked because that game has stuff that works and then it has stuff that really doesn't work and my best hopes when I see like a small dev do a game like that like when EA does it I don't give a shit because they're going to be fine 
But when I see a small developer like that, I want to put those mindful critiques out into the world because I want to see a world where they get the opportunity to make a sequel and rectify the problems and keep the things that worked. And I want to see something cool come out of that because that that's a game that had a lot of potential and there's a lot it does right. But there's unfortunately more it does wrong. Yeah. And that's that's something that I mean, like you're saying with the indie developers now. That's something that we just did for all developers early on. I was going back to play some old PS1 games recently, and there's there's some crap there that is just beloved. Like, oh, this is this is great. Like, this was amazing stuff back then because it had potential, and we were willing to put up with all the jank. Yeah. Uh, at the time, like, and you know, like, I'm not gonna forgive all of that at this point, but. Like there's there's room for you know someone to learn from from a yeah. game they've they've made that's that's and like yeah yeah that's like, the best case scenario yeah like I don't I don't think we give people enough room to grow recently oh kind certainly of, like, not. in in, like, ge- in general but especially in games um and it I, it's a shame um. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Like, I guess we're kind of touching upon the negatives too, in some ways, of gaming in our thirties is um, the less falling time. asleep while playing games, mm-hmm. dude. Dude. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. I've done it. Have I ever told you guys? This isn't me personally. This is a close friend of mine. But I ever, I ever told you guys the Pokemon Moon story? Um, where the Rotom Dex is a piece of shit and I hope it dies. Nah, so oh. Pokemon, po- Pokemon Sun and Moon come out and a bunch of my friends pick it up. Like even the ones who don't play a ton of games, uh, I'll pick it up. Cause that's something we've always like played closely together or whatever. One of my close friends works like overnights, uh, as a, an EMT and he's off. He gets off late. So, you know, he's on his weird hourly schedule. Mm-hmm. He fires a Pokemon Moon he gets to like the fourth gym falls asleep while playing never saved once oh my <laughs> and god his ds dies while he's asleep and he just texts oh, me the next morning no. he explains it to me and he goes well never playing that again <laughs> right oh, and he never horrible. did that's that's, that's so like sad. that's a nightmare uh but mm. then again like he was saved from playing a shitty game but no um i like that game <laughs> Man, if that Rotom Dex didn't exist. But anyways, I love how uh, bothered you are about this thing that I never think about. We all have our quirks, man. Yeah. We all have our kinks and anti-kinks, if that's even Like, when you say Rotom Dex, I immediately go, oh, I guess that was that game. When I immediately hear Pokemon Sun or Moon, I immediately think, oh, that game made me want to kill myself. I shouldn't <laughs> oh, have said that. <laughs> Josh, edit that out. Because <laughs> I should <laughs> no, 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 no. That's 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 extreme. Like a good line. Please edit that out. Heavy no, but, effects. Uh, that's a back of the box blurb there. if I ever heard one. <laughs> Put, that, um, Put that on the. I will say on the, I, uh, the I, game I t- of the year edition. The box quote on the back. <laughs> <laughs> it deserves it. No, I I've told you guys this multiple times on the podcast. I will be playing video games at night, and I've got all my stuff done. Like I've, I've worked, come home, eaten dinner that I meal prepped. I've cleaned my dishes. I've brushed my teeth, washed my face, gotten stuff ready for tomorrow. And then I'm like, okay, 
I don't have to do stuff for Sword Chomp. I can just sit down and play a little bit of video games. And it's like 8.30 at night and I'm playing half hour in. I'm like doing the head dozing, head bobbling shit, you mm-hmm. know. You know, the things that like that, that teens see their, their dad doing as they're watching a yep. show at 5 p.m. laughing at how they're they go into the ditch and roll three times. Yep. Yep. The and then I'll, I'll, I'll like pass out as I'm playing the game. But my, my thumbs are still working. And like. And then my eyes like barely open. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm still playing. And then I fall back asleep. And then I'm somewhere where I don't know how I got there. And I'm telling you guys, that happens to me at least two times a month. I'm like, how the fuck did I get here? Like, mm-hmm. the most egregious example of that was Psychonauts, too. When I was playing that, and I ended up in a level, and I don't know, I have no recollection of entering this new level, had no idea how I got there. And I was like, what just happened in the story? And I have this minor gap knowledge of what happened in the story because i fell asleep and i managed to get to the next area completely wow. asleep so there you are yeah that happens to me all the time just because of my old man brain mm. I'll, I'll, pl- I'll play something for like hours and then i'll come back to it like a day or two later and i'm like i don't know how i got here yeah it's it's a struggle when you're playing an rpg or a more engrossing story game and you can only put one to two hours a day or every few days. And you're like, oh, shit, I got to remember what I did. And then you're like, should I? You're getting old enough to where you're like, should I keep a notebook of where I'm at and just log in your progress? of like, See, huh. that's the best habit I built when I started writing about games. I do that without thinking about it. I've always got a notebook where yeah. I'm writing down things as I go. You know, it's so funny. you're 28, I've but been, you're older uh, than us all. I've been... Speaking of falling asleep while you're playing games, I've been replaying the old Professor Layton games on, on DS. And I love how you turn that back on and it gives you a recap story-wise of where you are whenever you come oh, back yeah. into it. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah, well, I was actually like going to say, if Shay gets to Alan Wake, that's what he'll love about that is the previously on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 The, I think The Witcher 3 did that also, right? It kind of did like a little animated recap uh, when you would uh, like load into the I think game. Yeah, like loading screen In, things. I, yeah. Is that. I Dragon Quest games have done that as well. I think Dragon Quest 11 did that, and Dragon Quest games before that also did that. Hmm. Uh, that that's a thing. Some games do quite yeah. often, actually. I nice, like that nicely thing. enough. It's, it's, it's a nice <laughs> thing. Um, when yeah. things are good, things help, are help, good. Helps for the old man brain. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Yeah. Uh, So one thing that I noticed or that we I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but like I didn't think about when the topic was initially approached to me. But uh, one thing that's definitely changed is I don't play nearly as many multiplayer games anymore. Yep. Mm. I do hate people. (laughs) 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 Well, like, yeah, I would agree with you. I yeah. The most recent one I was playing was Pokemon Unite. Yeah. And I realized part of the reason why I don't play multiple multiplayer games anymore and let I want to see if you guys feel similarly is that first off trying to get people to have the same schedule as you to play them was kind of a nightmare first off. I mean, it's a miracle that we managed to um commit to doing a podcast with each other every week and not just one but multiple which I'm thankful for that uh, you guys always make Mm -hmm. time to do that with me. But not only that, it's also kind of like, I don't know, like I had friends that 
who were playing the game and I'd be like, hey, let's play. And they'd be like, oh, sorry, I'm already in a party. And I'm like, oh, this is just like gym class when you're the last one picked. Yeah, mm-hmm. fuck this. You know what I mean? Like people are already in a party or they, they're already busy kind of thing. And I realized I hate that feeling. I hated that feeling when I was a teenager and like mm-hmm. a young kid. And I hate that feeling now. I think I'm definitely engaging with less multiplayer stuff than I did years ago, but I still do a fair amount when I can. And I think mostly because Discord is made like that world a little bit better. Like I'm in a Discord that is mostly uh, friends of mine from college, some that I still see pretty regularly, some that have moved to other places. Mm-hmm. And we just have channels in our Discord that are labeled as different games we're all currently playing. So if mm-hmm. I get on my PC at night and I see that a bunch of, there's like three people in the Phasmophobia channel, I'll be like, oh, cool, we're going to play Phasmophobia. And then I'll jump in there and people are ready to play that game. Cool. Must be dope to have friends. It's, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. You should try it. <laughs> Someday. Not Would today. recommend. Mm-hmm. But no, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely play that too because I are uh, multi multiplayer games less too because I also think about diminishing returns. You know, Pokemon Unite was such a big one where uh, we yeah. kind of talked about it last week with the casino game aspect and just sinking your time into something that you're not going to get a lot out of. When you start getting towards the end game or the the back end of progress on a lot of those games, whether it's Apex Legends, whether it's Pokemon Unite those kind of things i will never knock somebody who's like man i just want to sit down for an hour and blow shit up and just have fun i never ever will knock anybody for that for me personally i don't feel good when i come out of playing those games it's not like i shame Mm -hmm. myself it's like i could have spent this hour playing a game that i actually connect with a lot more and will move me in some way shape or form mentally uh pokemon unite is fun but when i walk away from it Sometimes I walk away angry because I had shitty teammates. And that's not a cool feeling to yeah. walk away from a video game um, from. Whereas yeah. if I'm playing something like recently, I've been playing Eastward and uh, Metroid Dread, which we'll talk about a little bit later, walking away from those games, I'm like, that was fun. I really those enjoyed are both bangers. That. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I made progress. I feel good because th- there, there was enough return on investment there that I'm enjoying myself and... I'm enjoying what the, for Eastward, for example, it's more the story for Metroid yeah. Dread. It's more of like the accomplishment of getting past obstacles that um, is largely controlled by me and my skill capabilities. I feel more accomplishment out of that than um, playing against randoms, um, other people at this point. Yeah. Yeah. No, like that. At this point. Kind of like Rich was saying with the whole Discord thing, I'm I'm not getting on a multiplayer game to grind out the ladder by myself. That's just that's not a thing that is rewarding to me at this point. But if I see a bunch of friends on playing something, yeah, well, I'll hop in there and like I don't give a crap yeah. if we're winning or losing. You're just you're hanging out with friends. It's just it's, it's that, a, that's just it. That's more of the experience. It's not that I'm grinding out these unlocks. Like the two multiplayer things of recent memory I put the most time into are like Phasmophobia, which is more about just hanging out with some people, having some laughs. It's a weird, fun game. Mm-hmm. Or playing Deep Rock Galactic with you, Josh, or with a couple of my other friends where yeah. that's just like that game is cathartic and we just chat and hang out and it's fun. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And yeah. kind of, and and also, kind of going in a slightly different direction, but kind of taking it. I don't know. I guess to its conclusion, I, I I've mentioned this before, 
kind of in the last year, how I have just really gotten into much more relaxing games with kind of finally getting into the hidden item games genre, which is something a lot of gamers TM shit on unrightfully so. Um, just cause I need something that relaxing to just get in a good headspace. Um, sometimes. Sure. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I've, I've, especially multiplayer games are very much the opposite of that. A lot of the time. Um, so I, I don't know. I've seen, I've seen myself really move away from that unless it is just a matter of, you know, something communal to hang out with friends and, and stuff. So I'm, so I'm yeah. getting, getting something valuable out of it elsewhere. Yeah. And yeah. That kind of speaks to Bebop's point a little bit as well. I think that, um, you know, he had, he had mentioned that basically he, he goes in stages or waves of when he wants to play a video game or doesn't want to play a video game. Mm-hmm. And, I think that can even be true of different genres of games. Like there, there are moments yeah. in my, my time where I'm like, man, I really want to play apex and I'll go play it for a week. And then I bang it out. And I'm like, okay, I feel good. I feel like I've got this out of my system. And then I will be in moods where I'm, I'm like, man, I will just want to devour all the Metroidvania content that I can. Mm-hmm. And then there are moments where I want to play a more RPG style game. And I think that's one of the things that, I've identified about myself as I've gotten older too, is that these different moments in time, I'm looking for like-minded genres of stuff and to cater that to that and not try and really fight it, you know, to try and cram an RPG in when I'm feeling more in the mood for an action game. Yeah. I'm not going to enjoy that game as that RPG as much if I'm trying to force something to happen. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I'm trying to think of like, I, I guess another way I guess would say be both positive and negative in some ways is as I've gotten older, I've become in the gaming, in gaming in general and gaming community and whatnot, I've become more socially aware of things. And I, I definitely think mm. that is something that needs to be talked about kind of at a surface level more than a getting too deep into it is that. When I was in my younger years, I, I didn't really pay as much attention to that stuff. I was like, video game, looks cool, want to play it, going to play it. That's it. But now it's yeah. like, especially with re- recently as media has become more accessible to all of us as well, that's a big part of it too. Um, when I hear that something bad is happening at a developer or with a developer or at a company, I'm so much less likely to want to invest my money or time into that IP or into that company. You know, um, I'm not going to name any names here. I don't want to shit on anybody or anything like that, but just in general, it becomes, <laughs> well, we can shit on that That one. I'm okay with shitting on. We did a whole podcast about that. I'm okay with shitting on those ones, but, um, cause that's, yeah, that's top of the line shitty, but I, I, I just think it's for me. I I would feel so guilty spending money and time on something like Diablo 2 that just came out. And I'm not shaming anybody for that, but like because I become so much more 
conscientious of trying to put my money into things that are going to benefit people. And I know that that company is upholding a certain quality of life and standards for its employees. That personally makes me feel better about spending my money and time on that. And that's something that I was not at all aware of in my obviously teens and early 20s. And I'd say even late 20s. It wasn't until my 30s that I started becoming more conscientious of those kind of uh, issues. Yeah, and I, I sure I think of some of that's us growing up, a lot of it's the industry growing up and just society as a whole. Like when we were kids, they didn't put the names of the developers in the games because it was more important to not have their talent get, you know, poached, yeah. Poached. Um like we didn't know anyone. Like Sid Meier is the first game developer I knew and it's cuz he fucking put his name on everything. Sid, uh, Sid Myers and American McGee were the people you were talking about. Yeah, like, it's if they didn't put their name on it, you'd had no idea who was making something. Um, like, I was convinced George Lucas made really good video games for a long time, because, like, right. um, it's, yeah, um, I, I do think it's really important that you, there's, it's, it's much easy, more easy to make a connection there to, to who's... To, to know... Yeah, making. I think like stuff Doom and like. stuff ushered in the age of like the Rockstar game developer with like Romero and stuff like that. It, it mm-hmm. was a a different like that. The '90s sort of started that succession of like Rockstar game developers and not literally Rockstar the company, like. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean, like it, these big faces attached yes. to like, yeah. oh, this is so and so's project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, do, Bebop. Do you feel any particular way about that, like social awareness or anything like that, when it comes to gaming, or do you kind of keep that out of your gaming? Uh, I, uh, I don't know how to answer this question honestly, because it it sits in the back of my mind, right? Like, uh, one thing that I have always, I feel like, um, prided myself on is like seeing the like i guess gray area between the black and white so like when the blizzard stuff came out right obviously everyone was pissed and rightfully so but i saw a bunch of people calling for the boycott or that they weren't going to buy their games and i said like me looking at the situation holistically was like well but that kind of devalues all of the work that the devs spent on that stuff. Like, yes, it's shitty that the stuff happened, but at the same time, you not buying the game after they spent all of those man hours is, I feel like also shitty. And so like when it comes to that sort of stuff, I am fully aware. And like, I personally probably won't buy anything from, well, that's not hard for me to say. Cause I don't really like blizzard games that much anyway, but like, uh, U- Ubisoft, right? Like, I'm not going to pick up Far Cry 6 anymore. Like, that was a game that I was really looking forward to, but I'm like, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not going to pick it up, but like, I also don't think that they should be boycotted because, you know, people put their lives into that game. Their blood, sweat, and tears, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, I, I think to answer your question, it it I am aware of it. And it is something that I definitely have 
tried my best to pay more attention to, but it doesn't necessarily affect how I view the games. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. And it's something yeah. that like I still wrestle with from time to time too, because you know, when I saw that people were boycotting Blizzard and Activision, I my initial thought was, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, especially after everything they've done, the fact that they went to court about it and it got settled and stuff like that. It still pisses me off. That whole situation still pisses me off. But you're you're right that there are other people there that were probably unaware or largely unaware that these issues were happening and they were just there to do their job. And by boycotting that company, those people do suffer. It's it's but the people who really suffer are the people at the top who I, I don't like. This is a whole different conversation. We've had this before. Like, I, I get the argument and I think it's one that's worth having, but it's the people at the top really suffer. And I don't believe there was anyone at the top that had no idea this stuff was happening with with the shit we've unveiled. It's it's impossible. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, I agree and, with that. Yeah. And like the, the one thing I want to say to Bebop's point is what what is the best way for the average person who is a, who enjoys gaming and is socially aware to be supportive is it and like granted i don't have the answers and we don't have to necessarily delve into these yeah. answers cuz that's not what this this topic is about but is it just not buying the game is it bo- being a part of the boycott is it talking about it so it gets into the right hands and the eyes and ears of someone who can do something about it what is the best course of action for the person who is both socially conscious and aware and i'm not using that as a negative term i hope nobody takes offense to that because i'm not trying to target anyone in a negative light but also enjoys gaming what what is the best course of action there and i think that that is that's kind of like really difficult so i don't i don't blame people for boycotting and i don't blame people for picking up the game either because there's no clear defined way to be supportive in that situation yeah there's not a best answer there it's because because again it's one of the it's it's like it's like all those stupid psa's about you know turning the water off while you brush your teeth from the 90s i'm like yeah that's totally (laughs) gonna solve global global warming like and yes you're helping but also you're not the problem is kind of the issue there it's Mm -hmm. it's you're you have to make a choice that you can live with is kind of period what comes down to it i think within that you know there's there's room for whatever that choice is to also you know try to make it better for the people who are who are being you know taken advantage of in all of this um and there there's there that should be you know a consideration but where you land on that is so much more of a personal thing than you know like there's there's not a prescription for this that's going to be like oh if everyone did this it would just get fixed instantly that's it's yeah so because we've seen lots of different responses to a lot of these situations and frankly very little of it gets resolved sadly so i I don't know i mean yeah i mean you're right though i mean look at 
and uh, yeah, we need to move off this topic. Yeah, yeah, we got we got really derailed here. <laughs> no, 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 it's my it's it's my fault. I mean, like, or not my fault. It's just it's mm. where we went. Yeah, no, no that, well, I blame my you. Fault. So. It's, uh, as you should. No, but like when I look at the Activision Blizzard situation, they did boycott. A lot of fans did boycott. A lot of fans are committed to not buying anything from them ever again, and that's fine. But what Admittedly, ended up being it would be a, a lot harder if that? they were making good games right now. What, true, right. true. But what ended up being the result of that? They settled in court. And supposedly mm. there are going to be new people heading this up and there are going to be firms in there, you know, checking in to make sure everything's going well. And that doesn't mean shit because that's not transparent to the average uh, consumer, right? So basically they got a very expensive slap on the wrist. Like if anything they got they they got their well their Rolex which isn't even their most expensive watch yeah, taken no, off like their the, wrist the, the but they're they're going to go is, back home and replace it yeah. with a new watch. Yeah, yeah the federal I case mean, was was kind of a joke as far as how little they settled it for but it, it it seems like the criminal portion of it is not going away for them in California thankfully. So there's yeah like we're just, it's not over yet. So hopefully this is not another situation of no just, consequences whatsoever, which is kind of what happened with yeah. Ubisoft, like Josh was saying. It, it's, yeah. there, there could be a happy ending to this. Seems unlikely, mm. but there could be. And I want to I I I clarify, sorry, Rich, let me get in there. Yeah. Josh just called Bebop Josh because Bebop's name <laughs> sorry, is also that's his Josh. Name. So I want to make sure Josh. Uh, yeah, I don't think you don't that think came when up Josh before. says sorry. that. Josh is referring to himself in the third person. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> that's just Josh. Sure. I was trying to stop you because that's exactly what I wanted people to think. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to take this opportunity to clarify. I will also not be buying Far Cry Six. That has nothing to do with what Ubisoft does as a business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair point. Fair point. But, but what no, about the Dalton? Like, yeah. To, to bring it back. Into the top. It's like saying like, you have a moral stance against something you're allergic yeah. to. I have a moral <laughs> like stance against bad you. games. <laughs> yeah, forcing myself to deal with allergies. No, but mm -hmm. I guess the point of this is in my 20s, this is, these kind of discussions we're having are ones I would have generally avoided because I would have been like, yeah. I don't feel intelligent yeah, enough. Totally. I don't feel like I have the information. But at this point, it's like, if I'm not going to have these conversations and I enjoyed gaming for as long as i have who is going to have them and it's like there are a lot of other people having them but these conversations need to be had because we need to find solutions even if we don't have solutions readily available to us and maybe there are people out there who better understand that so when this when these kind of things go live when we discuss that there can be somebody that gets in touch with us and says look these are the solutions and then that becomes more readily available to me which or to us where we can spread them and then everybody can understand how you know like these conversations need to happen even if they're uncomfortable and that's something mm -hmm. that i'm more willing to do in my 30s and i know you guys are as well yeah shay take it from me it doesn't matter if you're smart enough you just need to be loud enough i mean that's what i learned mm -hmm. yeah yeah the past few years in this country but like i guess i guess one negative thing also about gaming in my 30s <laughs> is that i'm also like in some regards i am more open-minded and then in other regards i'm kind of less open-minded it's 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 weird it's this yeah. weird this di weird dichotomy that kind of is constantly battling itself because if i see another first person shooter i'm like ah fucking shit like really like and that's that's the thing like even if it looks 
really creative, I'm like, another fucking first person shooter. Or if it's like, um, I don't know. It's mainly to do with shooters, <laughs> but I mean, there are other genres as well. Hey, I really try and be open-minded. I played Lawbreakers and everything. <laughs> there you go. But no, like I, I, there are moments where I'm not open-minded and it's, it's, yeah. it kind of, it's the byproduct of having less time is that, you know, it, I don't want to play another shooter again. Not that I don't like shooters. That's just in general. That, You're still going to play Back for Blood this week? I am going to be playing that. I haven't started <laughs> it. And yes, it is another shooter. Uh-huh. It is another zombie game. But yeah, there are those moments where I'm like, man, no. Like, I can't be bothered to do another shooter, you know? Like, yeah. I, there are moments where I'm super open-minded, and then there are moments where I, yeah, I'm just not. Yeah, I mean, is that is that similar for you guys? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, hard to pinpoint, but yeah, like I, I get your meaning. I'm dug in certain ways with how I feel about certain genres, but I do my best to branch out when I can. Yeah, the, the, actually, I, <clears throat> so this, I don't know how I want to say this, but something to I guess kind of speak to that say point it with is your chest. like, huh? Say it with your chest. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, um, I'm not going to say that out loud. Yeah, keep going. One thing that I have actually found, uh, I guess, that kind of speaks to that is I know what I like, even within like certain genres. So, like, hmm. there's actually a script I'm working on for a video that I'm going to do uh, that's basically why. Final Fantasy is no longer Final Fantasy to me. Uh, and it's because I like the sort of the elements and the storytelling and the like game mechanics of old school Final Fantasy. And the mm-hmm. new stuff just doesn't work for me. And like, so even within it's a different like, thing for sure. It's yeah. And like, it's still and you know it's still final fantasy there's still chocobos and themes are similar but no no i get what you mean because as someone i like modern final fantasy and i adore you know final fantasy of the past but they've there very much is like a point where they are mentally two different types of games to me i appreciate them both but they're distinctly different yeah Mm -hmm. and and it uh, it's like that with like jrpgs now like for me like i used to love that genre growing up i would play like Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest or, you know, Vagrant Story or Chrono Cross or, or whatever. And I would love all of those games. But now I play JRPGs and the, like, vast difference between, like, Tales of Arise and, I, I don't know, like, name another JRPG. Like, they're just completely, the spectrum is huge. And so, like, mm-hmm. I have to look for things that, like, I know I'm going to like within that given genre. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, and that's fair, too. I think that kind of speaks to the longer you are a, are a fan of gaming, that you start to see that there are a lot of tropes. And that's, that's that, I guess, would be another negative in, it, in and of itself, is you see a lot of tropes and you see a lot of things that are reused and i'm not talking about like gaming assets that's fine that stuff never bothers me i know some people on twitter get pissed off that like 
from Uncharted 2 to Uncharted 3, this asset was reused. Fuck, I don't really care about that. I, I think They're not most... going to believe this. There's almost no new assets from Ocarina of Time to Majora's Mask. They they reuse <laughs> a lot of them in this. I don't know if you guys noticed. I cannot believe that, Rich. I si- mm-hmm. I'm going to have to write a very... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Are you... Like, why it's would the they remake them story. from scratch? Like, yeah. But like, I mean, that's what they just burned everything when they were done with the first one. (laughs) But that—that's not what I'm talking about when I say um, reusing. I'm talking about like the same tropes over and over again throughout the years. And honestly, RPGs are probably. I wonder if this amnesiac is going to kill God. Yes, exactly. We we joked about that the past few months, but it's real. It's fucking real. Yeah. Like playing Tales of Arise. Metroid What's Dread the first uses thing you find the term. Out? Uh, the main character is amnesia. What, what is the term they use? Metroid Dread in like the first 20 minutes uses the term muscle amnesia, I want to say. Oh my God. That's excuse that, why I, you can't dude, remember how to use was, your attacks from the past was, game. And I was like, this was, is amazing. I was going <laughs> to wait to mention that until we talked about the game, but I was fucking howling this morning it's like 7 i wrote it down immediately that's i was amazing. like this is the best <laughs> this is why i love you guys we knew that this is that's something we would all enjoy yeah it's i like, can't wait you, to talk you about knew that. she was gonna lose all of her powers somehow how are they gonna explain it this time yeah but the thing was fun. like some of them were like just physical things she knew how to do so they had to go further than just your suit breaks <laughs> yeah when yeah. did my muscles develop muscle brains? amnesia that's so funny my favorite is like i think a castlevania symphony of the night and i love doing that joke every time like i, I left my ability to transfer form into my, a wolf at my dad's house yeah <laughs> oh that's pretty great exactly. yeah I, I, I still think the best job they did was infusion like it's like no no we had to remove your suit and uh oh it kind of went crazy while 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 we were Some doing s- that you ever see venom from spider-man yeah ever- yeah it's just venom it's just venom <laughs> uh, yeah it's the just next venom. metroid topher grace was wearing your suit and he kind of fucked it up it wasn't his fault <laughs> I, t- I get really upset that i say venom and you think of topher grace immediately <laughs> Uh, well, the I, I I like Topher Grace as an actor. I just yeah, he got he not got as Troy not as Eddie Brock. <laughs> no, definitely not. But uh, anyways, yeah, I think I just I notice a lot more tropes, and I have a lot less patience for them as I've gotten older. Yeah, and it's 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 hard because there are only so many new ideas, there are only so many original ideas, there are only so many ways to reframe old ideas. I get that, and I don't expect a game to be just completely inventive and um completely innovative like just blow my mind with things i've never seen yeah. before but it's That's when a game io is for <laughs> you play that I game with the 100 keys yeah i got it on the you want to play a game that, that may cool. or may not be a game and yeah. might have spongebob it could be in it. anything you never know but <laughs> but um i like the it bothers me when a game just is like throw all these tropes in because that's what's selling right now. And I tend to yeah. stay away from those games, obviously, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. That's, it, those, you're full of those shit. Are... You're playing Tales of Arise. <laughs> hey, the owls that orgasm when you see them, that's... that's Dude, I that's think me. that's on you. Those owls do not sound like they're orgasming to me. They, they sound like they're, they're getting there. Mm. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. Who? Um, yeah, no, was, was, you knew what you knew what this seven. was. You <laughs> knew what this was. <laughs> that was drunk hussy seven, but no, um, 
I mean, let's get to some listener comments now. I, I, I think we've kind of covered the major ones that we can think of and uh really bled that dry <laughs> uh, i don't know if that's a gross joke or a funny joke but it's anyways. not either i don't think <laughs> just more of a comment i'll bleed you dry see that i don't like huh <laughs> i'm gonna be sitting in the corner with a knife carving a pumpkin just staring at you and that's a call back to a conversation that happy happened halloween motherfucker off the air but now if yeah. you want to comment on the topic of the week on the Swordchomp Instagram, at Swordchomp every Thursday, you leave your beautiful comments, and we'll read them on the show. We'd love to get you involved. It allows us to talk about different aspects of the topic that we sometimes don't think about. Uh, Nick Davenport said, in my 30s, I don't have as much patience for long dialogue sections in games anymore. Hmm. Where do you guys sit with that? I think it depends depends on whether i think the writing is good and i give a shit about the story yeah yeah there's an awful lot of dialogue in games it's like yeah no you this is this is five minutes of telling me to go to the next room and shoot someone like what what's what's going on here like why um yeah like yeah if, if 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 the writing's good enough i'll put up with it but yeah 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 i <laughs> there's a lot of yeah there just yeah 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 mainly for me but it's very no, case I, by case. It, it's largely case by case, and I would expect Rich, you of all people, to say that because you are the JRPG lover. I I definitely have a lot less patience for verbosity in my older age. I really do. Yeah. Like, not that I don't mind it if it's like like Josh, you're saying if it's well written and it's an engaging story, sure, that's fine. But if it's just fluff, I'm off it. I'm so off it. Yeah, like I, there are I, some I, games I, where it's the writing's good enough that you want to re-talk to NPCs to see if there's something new. But yeah. like that is we're going to talk about in a little bit we're going to talk about Jet the Far Shore and like there's a lot of dialogue in the, that game, but that is like the thing. Mm-hmm. And like we were joking about Tales of Arise earlier, but there's, there's one uh I don't know if it's a mechanic per se, but one aspect in the game that I really think that that game does recognize that that gets tedious and it respects your time is when you talk to an npc there's a little check mark next to the talk if you've already talked with them so that you don't have to return and you don't forget that oh i've talked to this person already it's respecting your time granted there's still some verbose talking in there from time to time i will admit that i ignore all those people anyway (laughs) and there have been times where i've skipped some of the dialogue like some of the lesser dialogue i should say like talking to npcs i'm just like oh yeah okay whatever but then i don't ever have to do it again and i appreciate when a game acknowledges that that okay we want to just get you to the meat of the content let's not waste your time by um forcing you to talk to all these people and they talk for a long time and you forget who you talk to i appreciate that about a game yep so Okay. Warflower said, I definitely can't game all day anymore. Even if I have the time, I feel guilty that I'm not dedicating it to chores or something more quote unquote productive. I do try to get in a few hours of gaming in during the evenings though. And that blew my mind when I read that because I was like, a few hours in the evenings? I was like, man, I'd love to have an evening for a few hours of gaming. It's like, Mm -hmm. I get an hour every night, I think. Bro, I don't sleep. You got to understand that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, like, Bebop, I know that you've been extremely busy lately with what you're doing and stuff. So, like, I'm sure 
if anybody besides me that that comment probably resonates with you the most as well. Yeah. Like, I, there are times where I'm gaming and I'm like, man, I should probably be doing something else. Like, if I need a mental health day, I'll sit down and play games for like four to five hours and mm-hmm. then I'll still go get other stuff done. But I'm like, you dumb idiot. That four or five hours could have been spent doing this and this and this. And I'm like, wait, why am I making myself feel so shitty for this? Yeah. Yeah. I don't get the whole guilt for playing games thing, but I do definitely. Like, I, I don't do full day gaming binges the way I used to when I was a kid. Like, it just. I just, I can't, like, I, I get to, like, I'll I gotta just, get up I'll and be stiff, and... just kind of sitting there, and like, aching, trying to play a game, like, what the fuck is happening, why am, why am I dying, uh, trying to use a controller, um, yeah, no, like, I just, I, I mean, you should do this just in general, so you don't screw up your body, take breaks, guys, take, take breaks when you're playing games, but, like, especially now. now. back to our three-hour podcast. Uh, exactly, exactly, um. Yeah, yeah, no. We actually I, take I, breaks I, I have the podcast, to. Though. I have to stop. True. More often, playing games just to get up, do something else. Um, kind of yeah. for for my mental health, if nothing else, just kind of think about something think different. Ab- think, ab- think about teenage you, Josh. If teenage you knew that you were spending your little bit of free time playing video games instead of smashing ass how pissed off your teenage self would be, right? Because, like, when I was my, in my teenage years, I was, like, playing video games, and I was like, man, I'd rather be plowing some ass right now. And, like, if I had the, mo- the opportunity, I'm just saying it in the most derogatory terms to make you guys uh-huh. uncomfortable. <laughs> if, I could, I, if I could bump uglies, I, that's what I would like to be doing right I'm not now. i that one either. Talk about some fugsin'. <laughs> yeah, if I, if I was just fucking laying some pipe, railing some pussy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Smashing some puss, bro. Just laying down some right moist pussy and just mm-hmm. fucking going to town on it. What's going on with you? Are you all right? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But like, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to put it in context of uh, how mm. I thought in my teenage years. Like, you know, that's in in all jokes aside. Yeah, like. I, I definitely yeah. don't have time to game all night anymore. Like I no, I, th- I think to. young me would be very proud because my biggest hope was, man, I hope I can have a place to play games with without gasoline fumes. <laughs> when I grow That's up, That's the dream. That's the dream, right? I'm I'm curious if that like I Josh, I want you to purposefully leave it a mystery, but I'm curious if that means that where you lived was close to somewhere where gas fumes were existing, or if that you had a significant other that just had gasoline on their clothes all the time. And you're just like, would you just fucking break up with me? Hmm. You know, like just get the fuck out of my room, get, go somewhere else, play There's somebody sure else. Are two options going on there. That, that Those, sounds... I mean, the third one is you drink gasoline, but um, I'm not willing to believe that. Hmm. Only when I'm thirsty. Only when I'm 30. Oh, so not yeah, yet for I, me. Yeah, I think I uh, definitely resonate with the with the feeling guilty thing, like to the point that like I'm considering like scheduling out my day in like 15 minute increments, <laughs> mm-hmm. so that <laughs> I can just make sure that like I'm as productive as possible. Have you seen yeah. the TED Talk on that? No, I haven't. Sounds uh, terrible. There's Jeffrey, a very good TED Talk on that. You should you should set that. aside who did two of those oh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey's the one who told me about it. 
Yeah, huh. you should you should put aside two of those fifteen minute blocks to watch it at some point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, do they have a TED talk about when would be a good time for me to fit that TED talk in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jeffrey's the one who actually told me about that too, and then I watched the TED talk video and I tried it. It's interesting. It's also I actually made myself feel more guilty by that personally because then I'd be like, oh shit, this is the time I was supposed to be practicing drums, but I was doing this other thing and it ran a little long and fuck, I'm such a piece of shit. And I was like, I can't do this. That, that like at that extreme, it works for yeah. some people though. But yeah, that, that, that's a product of being <laughs> in your 30s is having to think about scheduling video games instead of just being like, like I feel like it and sitting down. Time and to look it. at Instagram reels. Mm-hmm. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, Mother Wolf, our good friend Bernadette, said, Ah, the crushing weight of time and mortality has hit me. I will be 30 next month. Well, let me tell you, darling, you don't look a day over 25. I Keep definitely hope I still find time for gaming in my 30s. Even now, my attention to it really ebbs and flows. Me too. Mm-hmm. My daughter has been begging me to play Roblox with her. Roblox? Then I realized that this is what gaming looks like for this new generation, at least until yeah. she's old enough to play anything with more heft to it. I always wanted my kid to be into gaming. I just didn't realize it looked like this. And that's kind of what I was talking about in the intro of like this, these future generations the are going to look different. at gaming so much differently than we do. Yeah. yeah when will they find time for anime? <laughs> Right. Well, you uh, you live in Japan, right, Shay? Yes. So, like, I, I, I still uh, do. That, sorry, that wasn't a question. <laughs> <laughs> it was rhetorical. I think yeah. I do. So, uh, but like in Opens Japan, the door to check. Like, <laughs> so what's mobile out gaming here? is like a big thing, right? Mobile gaming is huge, dude. Like, I was joking about it in the Discord yesterday. I was getting off the train, and I look over uh, because, like. As I'm walking out, some people hold their phones like this so I can see their screen. And I saw a game and I was like, oh, I'm curious what game. It was like some guy in his 50s playing Pokemon Go. It's still really popular here. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I see, see people, people playing Pokemon Go in New York all the time. It's Yeah. on the So many people on the trains are playing different phone games all the time. Right. Yeah. 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 Like. We had Tetris on our phone, and we and that was it. Like when we had our little brick phones, and then we started getting our flip phones. It was still Tetris holding the fort down, or literally the game Brick. <laughs> oh yeah, Brick Breakers. Yes, classic. Oh, Brick was a game we played where we would throw a brick through a, a derelict car's window. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing with an abandoned warehouse in my hometown, Rich. Everybody won. Mm. This is back when I used to hang out. And do you guys know what a sump is? Yeah. I know what a simp is. Oh it's God. basically a it's basically a landfill. Oh yes. Um. Yes. Yeah. So it's that's where we would hang out. Yeah. Uh, in the New York suburbs. Ah, oh, the good old days. Ah, Johnny all here. Old Johnny here just sits on his computer all day, play video games. He never gets out and experiences the world. We we were out in the sump asking older strangers to buy us cigarettes. Hey, you remember that time where me and you were riding our bike down the street and we saw a half-smoked cigarette and we said, why not try and smoke it? And we took it home with us. You remember that? Mm-hmm. I do remember that. 
Actually, that's the thing I did when I was. That's the my... thing I did. Yeah, no, yeah. I think we all did that. It's amazing we don't all have. It's hepatitis. amazing we're alive. <laughs> For real, I mean, like we laugh about that, and we joke around about that, but there's some truth to that. <laughs> Dad, don't listen to this episode. <laughs> Uh, Kilta, but uh, Kilta Gamer said, "Well, I'm currently 37, and while I love gaming as much today as I did when I was 15, I just don't have as much time. So yeah. while there is the occasional bender, it's mainly 30 minutes here and an hour there. But that's okay. It's still a passion, and I'll continue gaming until I physically can't anymore." Mm-hmm. Well, good news, Kilted Gamer, is that with accessibility options becoming more and more of a focus or a byproduct in a lot of these games, it's going to be easier and easier as you get older and older. Yeah, and at 37, you probably still have a good five years left in you. And life That's expectancy right. <laughs> just keeps getting lower, so eventually people will be gaming up until they die in their early 40s. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. That, that's a whole other topic, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I agree. Like, I, there, there, I went through a phase when I was in my early 20s where I was like, you know what? I need to start doing more productive things and just focus on my career and focus on this and that. I went through a phase. I did. And it was after mm. we dropped our first podcast. I be a grown up. And I started selling like old classics. I had some PS1 classics that were worth money. And I just, I went to a local gaming shop and sold them for pennies on the dollar. Mm. And I was trying to get out of gaming. And I realized, why would I do that? I mean, if I have a balance to these things and I enjoy it, why would I do that? And um, yeah, I've, I've come to the conclusion that I, I really enjoy playing video games. And as long as it doesn't overtake my life, why not enjoy it from time to time? Yep. I mean, it's the same thing with marijuana and meth, but, um, anyway, so the next comment was from mostly a heroin guy. Oh, hmm. don't I know it, Rich? No, actually, by the way, uh, if anybody, uh, from the Japanese government or anything is listening, that was a joke. I do not do any drugs. Um, please don't arrest is that, me. Is that something you find funny, Mr. Layton? <laughs> they would say that in a Japanese way, in a very teeth sucking way. Hmm. Um, at the time, um, um, uh, Mr. Layton, um, that teeth sucking is something that a lot of people do here. And it's, yes. Especially authoritarian figures. I don't like that. I nope. don't care for that. Yeah, yeah no, like, it's starting to catch on with kids here. I don't know if you've noticed that, but because they're watching enough K-dramas that, uh, oh. yeah, like my daughter does that a lot now. <laughs> because That's a lot hilarious. of the kids, she, yeah, no, they're watching, they're watching, you know, like little, you know, romances and little K-dramas and yeah, they do that they do it. teeth they thing do all lot. the time. It's, yeah, yeah I, like, I hate that shit. Like, yep. I went to ask one of the principals at one of my schools a few months ago if I could organize this, um, this beach cleanup event that was through this nonprofit organization that they do it all around the world. Back in September, I had asked this a few months prior, and I got a perfect example of that. Um, I went with one of the teachers helped me translate, and when he translated, the first thing he did was like, Mmm. <laughs> uh, and I was like, fucking you teeth sucking sucker. <laughs> don't you put that sound in my mouth. Yeah. Don't you dare put that sound in my fucking ear holes. But, yeah, that teeth sucking shit. Um Messi Valoni said, My daily rhythm has changed some. 
I rather play video games in the evening after work so that I don't have to keep an eye on the time and then go to sleep whenever feeling tired. And sometimes, if I feel worn out, I might skip gaming for a few days. But when I sit mm -hmm. down, I want to have time for it, and preferably in a quiet house. And another thing is that nowadays, with the abundance of games, I don't follow trends that much anymore. I would rather try to find what I would enjoy to experience and like to keep playing in the long run. Yeah. Very much what you said earlier, Bebop. Very similar. Yeah. It's like, it's interesting because I agree with her that she's saying that she doesn't follow trends. And sometimes it's, it's hard because when you get on social media, all these people are talking about how amazing this game is. And if, even if it's not your bag, you're like, maybe I should try it. Does mm -hmm. that happen to you guys sometimes? Yeah, for some on occasion. Of yeah, Game Pass is a great resource for cutting a lot of that out. Yeah, okay. yeah. Game Pass is like, great for that. That's a total. We could do a whole topic on how Game Pass has changed my gaming habits. That's true yeah, too, for sure. What I was saying earlier about you know I sticking to like things that I know I like. Actually, Game Pass has helped to make me try things that I normally wouldn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you can afford to, you know, drop a half an hour into something you're un unsure on and you might end up finding something you love. And that's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. I don't think I would have played Narita Boy if it hadn't been for Game Pass this year. And also, that's insane. That, that game is a really good game and I would have just never played it. And uh, Raji, an ancient tale, that was another game that I had was had some interest in, but I don't know if I would have dropped money on it. But it being on Game Pass, I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to play it. Yeah. You know, Game Pass is, yeah, definitely changed that the way we game as well i mean that's kind of a product of gaming in our 30s as well we waited long enough we got old enough to where now there's a quote-unquote kind of service that provides those things for you in the way that it does yeah that's that like imagine 20 years ago it's like insurer for your entertainment it was called <laughs> sega tv we had it Ima tanya and said it sucked <laughs> Tawny S said, I have more money and less time to spend on games, mm. but still, they are a constant red line throughout my life. I might be a lot more cynical about the business practices of most companies. I am still amazed and in awe by some of the titles that are being made that push this medium to new heights. I think this little fad, as in gaming, might be here to stay. And that's an interesting idea, too. Like, in your, your teens, your, your younger years, you're like man, I wish I had more money to buy these games. And then it's the classic case of you get the more money. Yeah. You have less time. Yep. Yep. No, I've, I'm, I'm sure everyone's heard me complain about my backlog on the show at nope, one never. point or another. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a definite side effect of that. It'd be like, oh, yeah, no, I totally want to play this game. I'll get around to it in three or four years. I'll just uh, yeah. go ahead Here's and grab it now. It's, it's on sale. Here's something to look forward to uh, for the younger kids out there. There's this magical time in your mid-20s where you have less time and less money. Mm. <laughs> it's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's called going to college. That's where I literally had time to do nothing. It's the best. Except cry. Mm -hmm. uh, Should have done what I did and just not go to class. Yeah, I, I tried that and it, uh, my grades sucked. Tagger the Tag said, 30s? I'm well into my 40s, my dude, and I don't have any intention of stopping anytime soon. And honestly, that inspired yep. me a little bit. Made me feel good. 
and I just dropped my phone. Sorry. That made mm. me feel really good. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Like, I know plenty of old farts who still play games, and it's, uh, it's nice. They're, they're, you calling him an old fart? They're, 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 <laughs> well, I mean, I don't see how we can get around that fact. Um, <laughs> but, wow. Um, wow, shots fired. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's, but they're, they're, but they're, they're fun dry, to play with. Rich. Like, it's, it's, like, yeah. Like, it's, it's generally something more comfortable with themselves. Once you get that old and know you're still, you know, into games. Yeah. It's yeah no, no, no. It's, it's cool to see, like, I love when social media, this is like the one benefit of social media and for gaming is we can be inspired by the littlest of things. I don't know if you guys saw this article circulating a few weeks ago about this elder, not, I don't know, elderly, this older couple who had put a Craigslist ad out asking for somebody to help or come over to the house and help teach them how to play the last of us two because they wanted to play it together Mm. but they weren't very good at video games so they were asking for somebody to come help them that was a huge article circulating recently on the internet and i was like that's so cool yeah and i mean that that i'd take that task rabbit job (laughs) that speaks a little bit earlier to like accessibility and gaming and how that's such a good thing as we get older but also that gaming's for everybody yeah, yeah. For sure. Okay. Well, Strange AFC, this is the longest comment, so you guys are going to have to sit here and listen to me talk even more. I'm in my early to mid-30s, and I've realized that I just enjoy a lengthy game with a good story, or at least fun mechanics, like many people binge-watch a show or movies on Netflix, hmm. or reading a good book. I'm just more into something I can really dive deep into then when the credits roll, move on to the next story. Or if I'm really into a game, then get the platinum and then move on. Yeah. I have a son who's six that enjoys basically Minecraft, Roblox, anything that looks like there's a car, and somehow Goat Simulator. Damn free PS Plus <laughs> game. But I'm hoping he grasps the controls better to try and get into him into a few of my games that have multiplayer when he gets older. I miss couch co-op, enjoying a game with others. Online isn't the same, except Borderlands. That's fun as hell. And I think that's one thing that we didn't touch upon that I really is, is a negative about gaming in your 30s. We were kind of touching about it on it with the multiplayer talk, but I really do miss when I was in my younger years, when I was a child and I had other children in my neighborhood running across the street be like, hey, so and so, um, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm playing Star Fox 64. I'm like, hey, can I come play? And they're like, yeah, come on. Yep. And we just hop in and play together, you know. Mm-hmm. Or someone would come over to my house and then we'd um, play. I don't know whatever I had on the PlayStation that was multiplayer. Just things like that. I I, I miss having those moments and like. Oh yeah. That, it's it's that... it's harder as an adult, obviously. I, I I had some friends here. They've since moved away who would come over and we'd, we'd play like Super Smash or we'd play other games together and a lot of people moved away or, you know, um, what have you. But I miss those moments a lot. Couch Co-op is such an underrated think, thing in today's gaming landscape. I think, there, I think there's enough people who had the same feelings who are, who are finally starting to make all that again. Like the... Um, 
Overcooked is just one of the best couch co-op games of all time. It's, yeah. Um, There's dude. so many good options. Like, uh, that resurgence is wonderful, and I think yeah. it's going to keep growing. Yeah, I do too. Um, I'm I'm glad to see it. Like, um, And we've been playing it online, Rich, but stuff like Kiwi is is great for that yeah there's there's um it seems like people have have missed that and i'm you've, you've got to look out for it because it's not just a given there's just you're, you're not going to accidentally find couch co-op on a game anymore but if you, if you watch for it there's still some fun stuff coming out um fucking co-op arcade experiences they're uh, we're about to get a sequel to the goddamn tmnt arcade game yeah yep yeah yeah i mean some yeah. of that stuff is like it still exists. One of my friends, uh, she's engaged right now. She messaged me earlier this week, and she's like, "Have you ever heard of this game? It takes two. I've been playing it with my fiance oh, recently." Yeah. I was like, so "I was good. like, bitch! I told you about that the other like a few <laughs> months ago." Josh and no. I saved our marriage playing that game. Yeah, exactly. yeah, we did. No, but um, we're getting rid of that witch of a child we have. I have no idea. Yeah, where she, she learned has witchcraft. witch powers. It's, it's terrifying. Yeah. It's. I left the Necronomicon on the counter again. Yeah, we really should have known better than that. Yeah, but I, I wish that, and I hope that more people continue to uh, make and develop those kind of games. Yeah, because I do miss couch co-op. And yeah, you're right. Overcooked is a great one. There's some other great ones out there, but I just hope it becomes more common i think it's less even about the games not being there more than it is like finding the time to line up with people to do that like yeah that's i awesome. still feel yeah no, that's why you have kids I... you just you just brewed your own fair oh, enough it's, it's not to tend yeah. to the farm it's not to tend then to you the gotta homestead like, no it's you, food you need couch stuff. co-op players that makes so much more sense now mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. finally have one good note about having a child in 2021 Yep, that makes so much more. How sense. else are we gonna beat Unravel Two? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's oh uh, brothers? You gotta have no wait. No, you don't need that's a that's a brothers. single player. You don't. Yeah. Yep, never yeah. Mind. Well, I mean, you can play two players, but yeah, the, then I have to talk weird. to a person. Yeah. Anyway, interesting. Last comment is from I am Fat Boy Three Sixty. <laughs> I'm playing games until I die. I will keep up with the gaming trends until I pass. God willing, I am a gamer till I end. I'm 23 and I see a future with gaming for me. Plow, power to those who play. Mm-hmm. And that's there you go. That's a human oh, being who knows what they like. And they're gonna stick with it. <laughs> the optimism. Yes. Uh, that's true. That's I, true. I see that light in your eyes. That'll fade. <laughs> uh, but I. I miss the enthusiasm of uh, feeling that positive about gaming. Not that I don't still have it from time to time, but I do, like, uh, Tan Tan said, Tani, our good buddy, had mentioned that I do start to see, as I've gotten older, I do start seeing gaming a little bit more negatively sometimes when it comes to... Yeah, we talked about Far Cry. (laughs) when it comes to what some of these companies are doing and like the exploitation Mm. and stuff like that but to end this topic on a high note i do see the positives as well i see that indie developers have so much more free reign now and that there there's viability there for people to literally create whatever almost whatever they want i mean there have been some cases where some uh every now and then you see one and you think maybe they shouldn't 
Yeah, should, should, yeah, yeah shouldn't yeah, have yeah. done that. Your uh, your developers were too busy worrying about whether or not they could. They they didn't stop to think about whether or not they should. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. Get that quote in there. <laughs> but no, um, there yeah, there have been some questionable trash games finds a way. Finds a way. <laughs> Sho- shovelware f- finds a way. Yes, mm-hmm. always does. But no, I um, I do. I still think about gaming positively. Probably not with as much optimism or enthusiasm as uh, that last commenter but i still love gaming and i yeah i still think the positives definitely outweigh the negatives in my 30s so mm-hmm. yeah well you guys have any final comments on the topic yubba dub dub thanks for the grub well uh i think we hit most of them I, I guess the the one thing that i'm thinking of with my elbow still hurting so badly right now is uh thankfully our controllers are more comfortable than they used to be because because I don't end yeah. up I don't end up getting gaming thumb anywhere near as much as I did on the eight and 16 bit consoles. That's true. Those uh, also, those things used to just destroy my tiny little hands. And uh, but also the developers don't have to send you special gloves anymore. And that's kind of lame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to worry about load time as much. Yeah. Yeah. But no, no, that's I mean, we kind of hit on that a little bit with the accessibility things but yeah like just yeah playing games is more comfortable than it used to be because people have thought about ergonomics thankfully um so i don't just die the instant i try to you know pick up a controller these days so how'd he die uh thumb torsion i mm-hmm. uh, got a blood clot yep he was he was playing goldeneye with two yep. n64 controllers mm-hmm. i thought you were gonna say a guitar hero controller Diddly, 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 diddly. Fuck. It's just ah. like through his torso. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But like, how did take he, he, this was week. Inputting, he was inputting a fatality and the blood clot went straight to his brain. It just traveled. Somehow <laughs> traveled. It was a real fatality. But no, we're going to take Looks a like quick... the one who got finished was him. <laughs> we're going to take yeah! a quick... God damn. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take a quick commercial break. <laughs> Uh, go top off, relax for a few minutes. We will be right back. We're going to talk about some games next, so don't go anywhere. X-ray, X-ray, read all about it. New magic store.sojump.com. You there, boy. What news? New graphic designs over at store.swordchomp.com. New graphic designs at store.swordchomp.com. That's right, sir. My God. You can get all the designs you want on t-shirts, masks, hoodies, even phone cases. They've done it. Those Swordchomp boys have brought Christmas early. Aye, sir. This surely will be the best Christmas yet if you navigate over to store.swordchomp.com right now. God bless you, son. God bless us, everyone! Oh my god, and we're back? We're back from break. Um, Do not care for that. <laughs> not editing that out. <laughs> feels, <laughs> feels good to be back. 
um, more than you know. But we're, we're going to talk about games now. Um, we're going to get to some very, very, very first impressions of Metroid Dread. I imagine this is going to be a shorter section, but um, I'm pretty sure that I know Rich and I have played. Josh, did you get to play it at all or not yet? No, I was going to until I hurt my elbow. And then I didn't well, feel like holding anything. So hmm. I've not played sure. anything today. That's fair. That's fair. And Bebop, also Josh, um, you haven't picked this one up yet? Okay. Okay. Well, Rich, you and I are going to talk about this. Um, Yay! So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just very briefly uh, mention kind of like intro stuff because this is the first metroid game i've ever bought and committed to playing from beginning to Jesus end i've played Christ. other metroid games <laughs> i've played other metroid games but this is the like this is the one i was like all right it's finally time to i think you picked myself. a good one based off my my early like two hours with it i think you picked a good one yeah so the the thing it, it starts out with is kind of telling you what's happened is that basically there's this virus and you defeated it once so you thought but you didn't and they sent some machines out to investigate and they you didn't hear about them and so you as a samus samus being the only one who's immune to them goes out to figure out what the hell is going on and that's and it kind of they do a good into- job of summarizing the past four games i i will get the the details that matter um yeah because if for anyone not familiar in the mainline metroid this is basically metroid 5 um, and the thing that a lot of people might not know if they're not super up on what happened in those other Metroid games is for, I believe this is the second game now. There are no Metroids in Metroid anymore. <laughs> Samus got them all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the, yeah, it did a really good job of summarizing that kind of stuff because obviously I had next to no knowledge about Metroid. So I felt like, okay, I was onboarded pretty easily. It wasn't verbose. It got, got me into what I needed to know. Gives you the pertinent details in about two minutes, which I think yeah. is great. Yep, yep. And then um, it kind of gets you into into the world, and then you're looking for these these robotic units, and they pretty much establish early on that, yes, it's a Metroid-style game, that kind of exploration, but there's an added element to it, which is, this is about which the... Which is dread. Yeah, just dread. Literally, the word dread. That's it. That's the only difference. No, um, this was a big part of the advertisement is that there's an added element. There is an enemy that you cannot destroy. Quote unquote. Um, I was going to say, I've killed two of them so far. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, it chases you around when you get to various areas and that's kind of the basis of this game. So, uh, Rich kind of what stuck out to you at first about this game? Really? Um, well, on what I think are some of the important notes for people coming to it and people who might be more familiar with Metroid stuff is it is a true blue Metroidvania. You got your overworld map, you're uncovering stuff and getting new powers to help you progress. Um, stuff that is back in a really fun way. The melee counter, which was introduced in Samus Returns, the remake of Metroid 2, um, is present in this. I absolutely adored that in uh, yeah. Samus Returns, which is that like the, the last best part of that thing game. I played. That this game so uses it you have it from the get and it feels just as good as you remember, if not better. Um, in fact, with those unit, those enemies, uh, Shay was talking about the Emmys, the way they work basically is th- the setup is they were sent to this planet before you, um, to try and survey things. Something's gone wrong and now they're targeting you. 
they all have a specific area of the map, but it's like this area is Emmy patrolled. And once they find you, they're going to pursue you until you get out of that area, but they are restricted to the area they patrol. And if they get you, they, they pin you down one shot, you're dead. You have a chance to counter them if they grab you, but it is to be absolutely perfect. Um, yeah. It feels really punishing in the early hours. I think by design, if I had to guess, I would imagine with upgrades at some point, you probably widen that window a little bit. Yeah. And um, I mean, part, part of the, that too is like, I agree with you. It does feel punishing, but also there are a get lot back of in the action fast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get back in the action fast and also there are a lot of uh, places to save. So it doesn't feel like I'm that put out by getting killed by one of these, which mm. is nice that it's it's not trying to really be that souls level of difficulty, quote unquote. Um, but it it's it's still if it, there's still anxiety that is involved with getting chased by one of these. There's a lot and, of no 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 moments. Yes 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 exactly. Um, these, these enemies, they patrol certain areas, which I thought was funny how the story explained it. It was like, one they of straight those, have to tell you, like you get to the door and they'll just fuck off. Like that's how they work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they basically have this, uh, this system where they're scanning the area and you have to sit perfectly still because if you're in the area of their scanning, they essentially quote unquote, hear you. And then that puts them on yellow alert status. Well, they're, yeah, they, yellow is their searching, I think, right? And then if blue you is their searching. Yellow is they're aware that there's somebody here and they hear something. Red, means red is they've I locked see you and you. I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, okay, that's that's what it was. But the the thing that, and this is probably something that's I think is interesting because you see it involved in the level design a lot more than in past Metroid games is um, sliding under stuff. Yeah, like one of the base ways to get away from enemies is to slide through their legs after yeah. stunning them. Uh, and there are a lot of areas in the map where you can slide to sort of take quick shortcuts. And it's clearly the map is designed around having a lot of that to help you quickly get out of an Emmy's path and get yes. to safety in ways that feel really fluid and fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, once you start getting the mechan uh, the mechanics of the um, the game down, it does feel more fluid. Like there are even points where if you time it well enough as an Emmy's going to jump up onto the platform you're on, if you just jump overhead of them and then dive underneath underneath to the next platform, you can still get away from them that way. So it, it never feels like you are 100% completely trapped in a corner. I mean, there are times where you will get trapped in a corner, but that's kind of your own fault at the same time. You know, it's yeah. like once you get an understanding of what's happening, it's better. and. Obviously, as with a typical Metroid or Metroidvania-style game, the more abilities you unlock, the easier the game gets. Um, the one thing I will say, I remember this about other Metroid games that I've played, is that at the beginning, it feels like... With, with Metroidvania games, a lot of it is about exploration, and this one is as well, too. But I feel like, in some ways, that the beginning is more punishing than a typical Metroidvania game I played recently, where I feel like when I get those abilities, then it does feel that much easier and much less is kind of gated off. I feel like whenever I've played a Metroid game, that stuff is really gated off and it's in, it's very much like you have to get these upgrades. You have to get these things. Like there's no way around it. Whereas 
other Metroid games, like I'd say for me, like Ori would be one or Ender Lilies. There are abilities that you can get in the game that are not necessary, but do make the game easier. Whereas a Metroid game, you got to get it or, or you're not, you're not getting further kind of thing. Well, so. yeah, it, it built that formula and that design. And I think it's executed well here out of curiosity, Shay. Um, I don't know where you exactly you were at with it. I have cleared the first like legitimate boss. Mm. Um, and that's, I'm not quite there yet. I'm, I, I feel like I'm pretty close to it. Um, I was playing a little bit this morning. I went to bed super early last night. I intended to stay up late playing, but uh, I went to bed super early. But no, this morning I was playing and I've ran into some of the Emmys. I there's this is a very minor spoiler. You do kill one at the very beginning, and then um, I've killed two at this point. Because um, yeah. that is kind of the through line is. You kill one at the beginning to teach you how they can be killed. And then you develop a taste for it. Yeah, exactly. You You develop it. (laughs) But it's it's more about, like, learning this. Samus can get a quote-unquote upgrade that is powerful enough to destroy an Emmy, but it's, like, it's a one-shot. Like, it's gone now. So you have to get that again in order to take another one out. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's the through line right there. I have not gotten to the first quote-unquote official boss yet. I've had, like, mini-boss type stuff, but not the first official boss. I've ran into, I think, three or four Emmys at this point. So. Not, I, I've gotten the charge shot. I think that's the major point. So, yeah, you, you are getting close to, like, the charge shot is the ability you sort of need for that first boss, and I have just gotten another ability after that and taken out another Emmy subsequently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the 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 gameplay is really fun so far. The game, like some of the environments, are gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, that two point five DR is amazing. I really like the design on Samus's new suit. Yeah, also, it's great. Um, like those those blue accents look really good. Naturally, um, you start the game in a fully geared up Samus. From you don't get any real playtime with it. Uh, they have to do one of those. Hey, here's the thing that happened. Now you got this new, more limited suit. Yeah, we, 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 I was, I was. I was confused by that, to be honest with you. I'm like, fine with it because you got to jump through hoops to get there. I mentioned earlier in the podcast that my favorite term I've ever heard, and I hope more games crib it now, is some of Samus's abilities from the past games are really dependent on her physically knowing how to do something. And they straight up throw around the term. I think it's like muscular amnesia is what they say. Yes, I have written I'm down somewhere. I'm pretty sure that's what it said. And I was like, what the fuck is this hand wavy shit? And I love it. I loved it. Because yeah, I, I think like, it's the fucking best because it's, we had to make a thing up, but we don't fucking care. You get it. <laughs> yeah. It's Metroid. You're going to kill shit. Fuck it. Yeah. No, I, 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 I hated and loved that. I was like, this is so stupid and I fucking love it. Yeah. It's the um, greatest thing I've ever heard. I wrote it down immediately. <laughs> yep. What my favorite thing about this game so far, and I want to point this out. This is the last point I want to talk about this game. Cause I, I have a lot more to play is the sound design is insanely good in this game. Uh, The audio production is very well done. What I mean by that is um, when you start getting, and maybe this is in older games, I don't know. um, When you get at 50% or below in your health, you'll start having a sound going off, kind of warning you that, hey, you're getting low on health. As you get further down to zero, it gets louder and louder. And then when you start getting closer to 50, it gets quieter and quieter. And I thought that was so cool because that sound is annoying as hell. 
And like, I don't want to hear that same volume if I'm at 49 versus if I'm at two. And yeah. I thought that was such a clever little trick that they did to make that feel not as annoying, but also you feel the weight of what's about to happen. And also when you're being chased by the Emmys or they're scanning the area, it sounds awesome. And it, it, it's semi terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. It strikes fear in you. It strikes dread into you, which is obviously the <gasps> point of it. That's where they got the name. <gasps> I, but, uh, I wanted. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I want to say while you're on that, like weird design choices. And I sort of love shift and shifts in perspective like this when they're seamless and they look clean and cool. Um, that 2.5 D art, and this hardly comes up, but it does come up at key points in the game. The ability I mentioned earlier that you use to take these things out when you use it, it pulls into the camera in a way that it almost goes like behind the back third person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, when you're targeting them and it looks really cool <laughs> and it shows off those really clean, uh, models, like those 2.5 D models they made in a cool way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah trying to think i'm pretty sure they did that in other m and samus returns as well not like like in just certain definitely in samus returns fights. i didn't play that much other m for reasons we don't need to get into yeah well no yeah, no i wouldn't suggest bad. anyone go back and do that but i'm pretty sure yeah. they did that because i know they had a couple yeah there's probably similar stuff in there like, yeah yeah they, they did some camera some fun camera stuff there in places anyway yeah, I mean, I don't really have much more to say about it right now. I barely played the game, Rich. I know you're a little bit further, but I think you barely but still, played it. Yeah, barely scratched the surface. Barely scratched the surface. Absolutely loving it so far. The first. Yeah, little I bit can't of time. wait to play more. Yeah, yeah. I was joking with the guys before the show. I was like, can we just cancel our episodes today so I can play more of this game? I and didn't read Rich it as a joke. I said yes. Yeah, exactly. Rich knew the right answer. So, mm -hmm. anyways, uh, we'll be back on that with next week with more about that game but we're going to talk about another game now that uh the guys got a code for called jet the far shore i've never even heard of this game so i'll let those two take it away yeah so this is um a joint from super brothers the sword and sorcery guys mm -hmm. um i know josh had been keeping an eye on it for a while um he had already pre-ordered it actually but uh thankfully they were kind enough to send a code our way so I dove into it immediately. Um, I'll let Josh start with early impressions and then I'll jump in because I find myself digging a lot of elements of this. It wasn't what I expected at all. And I didn't do too much digging into it, but there's, there's a lot of cool stuff here. I'll, I'll let you kick that yeah. off, Josh. Yeah, it is same, same. I was expecting way more like, you know, heavy narrative, just kind of, um, Anyway, uh, and there is a lot of that. There, there, there is, but like I was expecting way more of that, kind of given the first one. Um, and there's, there's more like gameplay to go with it for the most part. Um, like mechanical stuff to sink your teeth into than I was expecting, which pleasantly, pleasantly surprised by that. Um, this is a game that is absolutely gorgeous, which is kind of what I expected coming from Super Brothers. Um, which is like almost a deconstruction of a lot of adventure game tropes. Um, but like, you know, console adventure game tropes, like the, like a lot of Zelda DNA in there that they are, you know, spinning out into its own kind of world and mythos. Um, Jet is 
No. It is Speaking a, of deconstructing tropes, it is it's a the setup is very much a story we've heard a million times in sci-fi. Yes, yeah, it is. It is a, a like, um, you know, we done destroyed Earth. It's time for us to go find a new new planet to live on, and you are one of the scouts off to uh to you know scout this new planet that they they, they think we can live on. So we're we're going to explore a new planet, and there's uh, a lot of really striking imagery that they're using because this is heavily advanced society you know as far as we have space travel and you know the technology to get us to another star system without dying over over i'm trying to remember how long that opening section was that they finally counted up to it It is like over a thousand years yeah over a thousand years um but like very very high tech but also a very there's like, a lot of mi- re- Arab religious mysticism. and yeah mystic type of society to it um i think the main character may is literally referred to as a mystic yes yes like that's the reason she's on this is because they needed somebody you know and it is who is a religious leader to to be part of this mission so people would accept it and whatnot um and a lot of the narrative early on is kind of about that idea. Like what, what is, what does that mean? You're, you, you leaving your, your family and going off to this new planet and with, with and the knowledge su- that everyone will die. Yeah. Everyone, everyone yeah. will die while you're doing this. Like, you know, it's going to be thousand, you know, everyone, everyone will die by the time you get there to find out whether or not the planet is good for you to, to live on. It's, it's stands a chance at, yeah saving your species your human you know yeah you're not you're not it, saving... i don't think it's ever clear if it's earth um Humanoid, or if you're they're not they're not it's not said verbatim however the language that is not a real language uh feels very eastern there, european there are a lot of root words from a lot of different languages in actual in the actual world, so I feel like they're trying to lean into this. Oh, this this is far enough in the future that all the languages we know have died off. But here, you, you'll every now and then, like "go" is "go." There, like you'll hear a lot of other words that I've noticed from other languages. Yeah. Uh, like the roots, the roots stuck around, um, even though you know we're <laughs> everyone speaks some worldwide pigeon at this point. Um this far into the future you'll you'll recognize things that you hear which is i I think as close as they get to saying yeah no this is this is earth uh unless unless they say it far in the future possibly yes but very far in the future that's that's as close as you they as you you're gonna get to any confirmation on that i think i i Um, haven't seen any confirmation and i'm very close to the end um i by the time you're listening to this there will be a review up uh on my end i i and and like you're talking about that mysticism element josh like it leans really hard into that as it goes. Like they talk mm-hmm. about the him wave, which is they don't choose this planet at random. There's sort of a frequency coming from beyond the stars to them. That's basically an invitation to come to this planet and, and make it a home. Yeah. And the success of your crew is, is a literal prophecy. Um, yeah. Or, or not like it could be that it's, they just said that to get everybody on board again like, yeah but they they talk about it like oh the mystic and you you will be the first one to set foot on tor which is this mountain on yes. on the planet and yeah 
like it's it's hard to tell exactly how much everyone's on board like i right off the bat you know just getting kind of getting some some heebie-jeebies like huh we're going here to start a new planet and two of the 10 slots are to you know 70 year old people um just to make, sure, just to here, make yeah. sure that we, you know, maintain the status quo on this new, pla- you know, new planet after everyone has died, because we we can't disrupt the hegemony. We've uh, we've got to keep everything. It's 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 weird. Like it's, um, I don't know. I don't know how many of those things I'm projecting and how many are gonna end up going places. Because I'm still I'm I'm earlier on than you are. I'm only a few chapters in. Um, but yeah, it's it's really interesting because it's. One of those things where, like, I feel conflicted about the mission as a whole, but also, by the time you get there, you're all that's left of humanity. Like, there's, there's no, oh man, this, this mission's not. <sighs> Maybe this shouldn't have been what was done, but it's what was done. It's and the you, only option that's yes, left. Yes, you're, you're gonna live with this now. Is kind of the you're left to pick up the pieces, kind of. Yes, yeah. that sort of a feeling. At least I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's. Knowing knowing the way they handled the narrative in Sword and Sorcery, I assume a lot of this is intended, um, just because they really, really did some amazing stuff uh, previously. Um, so I, I think you're right on the money there, based on stuff I've seen later on, but weirdly, somehow, we haven't even talked about the gameplay at all yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, Which you is are- controlling a literal jet. Yes, you you are controlling you know this little jet you know with in order to make things more forgiving. We have shield technology in in this future, so you can take a couple hits and then it'll recharge and whatnot. Um, but you are flying around mostly exploring. Um, you can you've got a few things to interact with the world a little bit, like a little grappling hook to pick stuff up and and move stuff. Um, but it's it's not like a combat game. You you are this scout. There is some of that as it goes on. Yes, um, yeah. It gets a little more intense as it goes on, and you can never really forthright. Like you don't have weapons. Um, yes. But a- as you as you get more abilities and stuff, it's more about using the planet's environment to help you stun and get yes, enemies yeah, yeah, that yeah. Are, are pursuing you off your trail, stuff like that. Yes, it, exactly. My main criticism of the early hours of that game are like some of the the best stuff for moving around and like getting that jet to really feel good and move at good speeds mm-hmm. they wait like 3 or 4 hours to give you some of that stuff and some of it felt a little sluggish before then and i'm like oh they really should have led with like uh more... they they give you an ability a few hours into sort of cool your engines on the fly so a lot of it is mm. you know dealing with easing off your scramjets so the engines don't overheat and um you gain an ability a few hours into sort of burst this vapor into the engine and, and cool it while you're going and like maintain high speeds. And I, I do find myself wishing they had introduced that a little earlier on. Yeah. I mean, I, yes, I feel like they did a decent enough job with that. Cause fairly early on you get, you, you don't manually inject that, but like you can fly through the vents yeah. that are blowing up from the ground of of the stuff that you're going to eventually be able to, you know, manually just inject. So it's it's I feel like I feel like they did that so you'd pay attention to 
like the environment around like okay over there like if i want to go faster i can go through that vent and and pick up some and they do make cool trails to follow stuff. yeah yeah Basically, and i feel like yeah. that's kind of what they were going for which is cool but then also early on i really really want to explore and just kind of go everywhere instead of just following some of the paths laid out there and there are um, moments where they one moment pretty early on they straight up give you like you got 20 minutes to like explore this plateau and just kind of look around yes um we, oh that yeah I'll, I'll i'll get to that um that, oh, okay. that 20, yeah, 20 minute section is like literally oh you're, you're waiting for someone so you've you've got time to burn why don't you look around here see what you can find uh it's like there's it's it's a narrative you got time to kill, um, sort of a moment, and it, it does a good job of getting that across. Um, but also, um, the it time does not you're take putting, twenty minutes to explore that area. <laughs> it, it depends how much how thorough you want to be. Like it, you'll you'll see all of it in like you know five minutes at the most. But if you want to like scan all the wildlife and try to learn as much as you can about it, it'll take a lot yeah. longer. Um, but point being like, they, they want you to focus on time in this game, um, with, you know, a, a lot of the mechanics lean into you being mindful of it. Um, like the, the game starting off with, you know, that generational trip of you getting, you know, to where you're going and everything um to at the beginning of every chapter of this game down at the bottom right pretty sure it's bottom right it shows you it the estimated play time for for the next chapter so you can be like okay like i've i've this one this one's about an hour and a half i've got time to to sit down and knock that out which is i I want that in every game at this point uh, to know how long a good spot to break at is going to be. Like, how far out am I from that? Um, and I know it, does, like, it doesn't need it change to like four hours, though. Is yeah. The thing. Yeah. Like, th there are still spots to, to stop in between, but like, it's. I feel like that's, that's something that would be really useful to know going into some games. But like, okay. I mean, like. I understand that it's way more interactive in a game compared to a movie or something, but you don't go into a movie without knowing how long it is um, and being able to set aside the time you'll need to get into something is important, I think, for A, a continuing that mindfulness of time that they're kind of leaning into narratively, but also just for you to get the most out of anything. Um, yeah, it's funny cause that's such a good quality of life thing, but the, the only quality of life thing in jet that really gets me a little bit is the lack of a manual save and checkpoints are pretty good, but there have been an occasion where like, there's a long spurt before they get you a good checkpoint again. Mm -hmm. I haven't had a problem with it. Like I haven't lost progress, but I could see that being an issue for people. Yeah. Um, and then. Beyond the actual, like, you know, jet gameplay, th there are, like, these very long vignettes where it, basically, you get out of your ship and go, you know, aground, or you go in the, uh, your base camp, 
and you'll get these very narrative heavy bits um that are again it's a really good well-written sci-fi script like there's a lot of interesting stuff happen so it's cool to kind of get on that first person ground level and see all this stuff up close suddenly see the jet you're flying around in it like mm-hmm. huge in front of you um i don't know if this struck you josh because i had written this down in my notes the living quarters like cooking area in base camp it it feels very evocative of the crew quarters in alien <laughs> Yeah, I th- I think a l- I think a lot of that again, kind of like I was saying earlier, with like okay, we're gonna we're gonna really deconstruct, you know, adventure games with sword and sorcery. I was getting an awful lot of the crew quarters from Alien. Uh, the like kind of even though it's that much in the future, you know, this sort of personalized and in this case religious or, or mystic touch to a lot of the decorations in there. I was I was getting a lot of like Firefly vibes to like how the kitchen set looks yeah. on that. Um, There's definitely a lot of that around. There's literally a viewing window in the crew quarters where you can see the current resonance of the hymn wave. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm really happy with this. Like I I expected a lot going into this game, and it's it's delivering. Like I was, it's not what I expected it to be. It's somehow surprising, but it's still so good. Um, yeah, I'm I'm digging it. It's there's definitely something here. It can be a little bit of a slow burn at times, but it's telling a really thoughtful story. Um, and yeah, I mean by now, if you're, you're listening to this, I, I'll have a full written review up over on the website. So feel free to check that out if you want a little bit more of an in-depth analysis. Cool. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds very intriguing to say the least. Yeah, 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 yeah for I sure. I think you'd it, probably like the. Uh, I mean, if nothing else, you'd, you'd probably dig the alien exploration, and you know, like, kind of like I was saying, you kind of you see all these different creatures, and it tells you a little bit about their. Um, you you scan and learn about the ecosystem at your oh, own leisure. There's some yeah. really cool stuff in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would easily love that. That'd that'd be the best part for me. Yeah, but cool. And there's a Jet. lot of time like where you get details like that from like being like, oh, I stood over this plant. And mm. you know, pop the engines off, and it reacted like this. Yeah, would, yeah. It's like how how do they react that. to different things? Like, okay, you've got you've got like a headlights on your ship that you can use at night, but like the more importantly, it's like to see if certain things react to visual stimuli or to sound or like. Um, and it's just yeah, yeah learning about the it, planet that gets more complex as it goes on. Like later on, there's a lot of stuff where you're sort of trying to experiment by like luring larger predators into other areas of the ecosystem to see how they interact with the plant life and the other animals. I love Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, I don't know why that reminded me of Biomutant and the fact that you couldn't do that. That really pissed me off a lot about that game. So, but Mm -hmm. yeah, that sounds cool. I I will try and check that out when I have time. So jet the far shore. I want to say, uh, thank you to the devs for, uh, giving rich a key for that so he getting back to us it. very quickly on that uh, really appreciate that so thanks mm-hmm. guys yeah thank you so much now bebop's been sitting here patiently waiting i'm excited he's gonna talk about some trigger witch um, tell us yeah tell us all about trigger witch okay yeah uh so trigger witch is a little indie game from a uh, new zealand studio uh Rainbite. you guys might know them from reverie uh mm. That was from, I think, 2018, maybe I really like Reverie. Yeah, and Reverie's like this cute little, like, 
earthbound meets like like link to the past sort of like um exploration adventure game and it's also very good like uh you should definitely check it out but uh trigger witch is similar in style and influence uh like there's a bunch of um like a bunch of link to the past in here like it's i don't think that there's anything necessarily super original about this game um but it's okay so i'm getting way ahead of myself all right so (laughs) basically it's a uh it's a top-down 2d um 16-bit uh twin stick shooter and you play uh as this uh little witch named colette and as the game starts you are going through your like uh i guess sort of like entrance entrance exam to become a member of the clip and the clip is like this coven of witches who <laughs> i see you laughing shay i thought you said the clit and i was like yeah. that is that's a fucking weird name for a witch coven come join the yeah. clit i was dying yeah. that's what so the republicans uh... have warned us about witches for so long <laughs> So uh, the clip is this coven of witches who practice uh, something called ballisticism, which is like a sort of mix of old school like magic with guns. And so you start the game, your entrance exam or whatever, and then you become a member of the clip. Uh, And then almost as soon as that happens... This uh, man in black shows up and you're tasked with tracking him down. Uh, And that's kind of where the whole adventure starts. Um, But the game really wears its influences on its sleeves. Like each each little story bit that leads you to the next is found in their dungeon. Again, Mm Link to the Past, right? Um, But it's written with like this really... Like, I, it's not, it's not incredibly witty, but it's like charming. It's very, very charming. Like every interaction I had with Colette and one of her like two classmates was either something that like, I think it was trying to reach some sort of like, uh, like character, like emotional character moment or mm-hmm. was sitting there trying to be like, Hey, isn't this cute? isn't this witty. So like, it's, it's very charming. Hmm. Um, and that goes all the way down to like the way that the game looks like it, it is very clearly inspired by 16 bit stuff. It's all over the place. Like, uh, I, I see some dragon quests in here. The, the level design, like the whole world map is very much like inspired by Zelda. Like I was, I was at this one part, uh, that's like basically like a little, um, I don't know what you would want to call it, but like like a little desert area that leads into like this forest. And I was like, oh yeah, I've I've been here. I've been here in all <laughs> kinds of Zelda games. Um, but outside of like the ripping off other stuff and and being like charming, it's really fun to play. It's like the controls are really tight, and it's not really challenging per se, 
but there are moments uh, like there's one part where you get trapped in a um, well, you don't get trapped, but you get put into this little like gauntlet style thing and you basically are are just fighting like wave after wave of enemy and like at a certain point they just keep spawning and spawning and spawning and you can't clear them fast enough so like you're having to utilize your dash not necessarily to get around the the arena but to like make sure that you're getting the little bits of invulnerability that the that the dash gives you mm. and Outside of that, though, it's not crazy challenging. Like, there's nothing here that I would say, oh, yeah, this is like, uh, I don't know, Cuphead or, or, you know, some other 2D game. It's it's really pretty easy. Would you say Um, it's challenging enough to keep you engaged, though? uh, Yeah, especially if you put it up on higher difficulties. Like, I started it out on normal, and uh, I was like, this is is really easy. So I I bumped it up, and then... um, it kind of got a little bit harder and then I put it up to the highest difficulty and I was like, okay, this is, this is something that I can get behind. How to feel um, good for the ego. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, step it up. Yeah. I, I play games like this now and I'm like, how did I beat these things as a kid? And then I play this and I'm like, yeah, I'm a God. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Shut those little kids down. <laughs> I, I'm having a real fun time with this. I don't think that it necessarily has a whole lot to say about anything, which is totally fine. Like games don't have to always be, you know, trying to push some sort of like deep, meaningful story. Like yeah, any sometimes kind of narrative forward. Yeah. It is, it's sometimes nice to just kind of like turn your brain off and just play something that's fun. Yeah. I and mean, yeah, a lot of the older Zeldas are the same way too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, if, if I have to level like some criticism at it, I I do think that some of the stuff gets repetitive. Um, like I think the dungeon design in here is not very good. Uh, there's like a lot of backtracking and Hmm. not necessarily in a fun way. The kids Hmm. love Um, backtracking. Yeah. Kids love (laughs) backtracking. Uh, I also think that some of the puzzle design is, um, bland. I'll say like uh, there's some that actually are like intriguing and have like a test of skill to them where it's like timing based stuff. And you've got to like hit these switches as fast as you can to get to like, you know, the treasure chest or whatever. But then there are other ones that are just like, oh, I just have to shoot this thing over here utilizing these Mm. uh, panels that will reflect my bullets. Okay, simple enough. Yeah, done and done. I, I, I'm curious about that because you, I mean, I recently played A Link to the Past, and while I think that game is very well cleverly designed, there were some some puzzles or some environmental workarounds that I was like, okay, maybe this was amazing 25 years ago, but, you know, gaming has come such a far away, or a long way from that. Let and, me change my headset, I must have misheard you. Yeah, you must have. Um... <laughs> No, but like when these games that are heavily inspired by um, predecessors that are amazing, it makes you wonder if, for me at least it does, like hearing you say the puzzles are bland, is that, and when I myself feel that way, 
about a game is it compared to when I think about something amazing like Link to the Past and I'm playing a game that's inspired by that, am I like, well, it just doesn't compare? Or is it just like, in general, it's not, there's not a lot there to offer, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's in, in comparison to like what games are doing now. Like, I, uh, I'm trying to think of something like, okay, so Death's Door didn't necessarily have like, incredible puzzle design right like it wasn't anything that like was going to blow you away but there were definitely puzzles in death's door that i was like huh how am i supposed to do this and then Mm -hmm. when i finally figured it out it was like oh okay cool but this i feel like it it's even worse than that if that makes sense like it's Mm. it's nothing where i i have to like with with the exception of the timing based ones right there's nothing in here that I necessarily like I complete the puzzle and I'm like, Oh man, that was awesome. I'm really glad that I used my brain for that one. Hmm. I think this is a good benchmark. This is the way I've always thought about puzzle design. The difference between good puzzle design and bad puzzle design is in a good puzzle before you solve it, you're asking yourself, how do I do this in a bad puzzle? After you solve it, you're asking yourself, how was I supposed to figure that out? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. This game is fun. Uh, it's not the greatest game in the world. Uh, it probably won't make my top 10. Um, but like, I'm really having a blast playing it. Like, it's just like I said earlier, it's it's a game that I just I've kind of turned my brain off a little bit. I'm engaging with it on its terms, but I'm not like I'm not going to go to bed thinking about, oh, man, I, I really need to beat Trigger Witch. Can't you know wait to I get mean? back to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fair, though. It sounds interesting, and it sounds like a surefire way to have some fun. Oh, my God. This I guy. would have accepted that if you found a way to also put a witch pun in there somehow. But... <laughs> I mean, that oh, would have been actually... encroaching upon, like, wizardry and Harry mm. Potter, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to avoid that. <laughs> So the, the best thing about this game that I, I'll I'll say this and I'll I'll leave it at that is so, so you fight these little woodland creatures right and you have guns well you would expect you know okay they just kind of like die or whatever but no they like explode in like blood and guts and it's hilarious <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's an awesome aesthetic. that's it it's a good aesthetic mm-hmm. that's dope as hell I think I might have to check that game out it sounds intriguing it sounds like something I'd have some fun playing. Yeah. So. yeah, I think it's only uh, like $15, $20 too. So it's, it's not a bad like money sink. Cool. I'll have to yeah. check that out. Well, there you have it. Trigger Witch. Uh, join the clip, not the clit. Um, yeah, two don't do very that. different things. Last game we're going to be talking about uh, before we do social media stuff on the back end of the show is Sable. The game Sable. Yeah. I'm excited to hear about this. So I talked a little bit about Sable last week, but I had only just started it. Uh, I got like a good eight hour chunk into Sable at this point. Oh, damn. And I'm really digging it. Like we, t- we talked about it early on last week, how it's kind of, it's a strand game. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's defining feature is that uh, like sort of Mobius painting art style, which looks fan fucking tastic. Um, but the easiest way to like encapsulate what is it what it is is it's kind of like Breath of the Wild without combat. Um 
so the hook of it is the character you're playing at is a girl named Sable who is part of this nomadic tribe of sort of like desert wanderers and you're going on what they call your gliding and the whole purpose of the gliding is you get you get given a mask and you head out all the people wear masks there's some really cool mask designs and the point of a gliding is to go out into the world meet people and basically try your hand at things to learn and decide what role you're going to play in society as an adult. Um, so you travel to all these different cities and different spots where nomadic tribes set up, and basically you do tasks for people. Like, you're, you'll do tasks for the guards in a city, and you'll do tasks for um, the cartographers, and you'll do tasks for, like, the mechanics who repair hover bikes. There's this whole system with these hover bikes that you can customize that look awesome and feel really great to drive. Uh, but basically, whenever you finish a task for someone, they give you a badge for their profession. Like, you you get a guard badge, you get a machinist badge, you get a cartographer's badge. And once you have three badges, you can trade them in for a mask of that particular profession. And um, pretty much once you have a mask, you could end the game right there if you want. You could get uh, our hmm. cartographer's mask and decide, I want to be a cartographer and go home. And say, I'm a cartographer, that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, and you can end the game. Um, at this point, I've got the mass of, like, four or five of the professions, and I just want to keep gl gliding around and seeing stuff. And hmm. uh, the exploration is stamina-based, like Breath of the Wild, you can climb anything. You have a glide ability um, that is just like this bubble you make around yourself. And the fun is really in the exploration and meeting these people and just seeing how this world works and beyond even just the professions there's some more interesting masks you can get um i did a side quest where i met a man in one of the larger cities who basically told me that when he was younger he was batman um <laughs> and <laughs> that he buried his mask and i went on and found his mask and like did this mission to save someone who'd been wrongfully imprisoned hmm. and that might be one of my favorite masks in the game it's just this pitch black mask that's covered in all these eyes that are constantly looking in crazy directions hmm. but uh i mean this game is more atmospheric than anything it, it even its soundtrack is inspired from breath of the wild like light use of noise and just kind of ambient sounds but it's just a lot of fun to explore it looks kind of like nothing else i've ever seen uh with the way color washes over and everything the biggest problem i've had with it and it has been a little fixed uh in subsequent patches is there's almost like a micro stutter to the frame rate where the frame rate is mostly pretty consistent, but occasionally it'll really briefly drop to like one frame per second. And depending on how sensitive you are to that stuff, I'm not terribly sensitive to it. It'll either be fine and you'll barely notice it or it'll be unplayable for you. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Hmm. It looks like I will say this. I didn't really know much about the game other than you calling it a strand game. It looks gorgeous. I will say that. It's the look the look is truly unbelievable and it's really easy to lose yourself in it. Just the dialogue from a lot of the characters is really fun. Mm. It it gives you a, a window into Sable as a character into her mind more than a lot of games do with their dialogue. And I may have mentioned this last week, but a lot of the times it'll give you like a straight up few sentences of like her thoughts as she's kind of talking to someone and what she thinks of them and the kind of vibe she's getting from their body language, stuff like that. Mm. Like they really flesh Sable out as a character through these uh, conversations internally uh, more than a lot of games bother to. That's cool. And still at this point, because you've put more time in, still no monster advertisements? 
Um, no, none that I've seen. Uh, there were three or four advertisements for Norman Reedus's ride. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think that's uh, if it was four, that was three too many. Yeah, yeah, no, I I completely get that. But one is enough. Yeah, one is enough. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, this game is kind of kind of wild. Like it's, I won't say there's nothing else like it because there's something exactly like it, and it's a big portion of Breath of the Wild, but. I think everything it's doing is just interesting enough and it just feels fun to play. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we're going to take one more final break before we get into the back end of the show. Just some social media polls. It should go pretty quickly, but you don't want to miss them because the results will shock you. Be right back. Doubt. Hey there. Welcome. If you found this, you must be listening to the Chompcast. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. I know you're wondering. Well, hey, shit! Tell them about the other podcast. Yes, I know you're wondering. What else could I listen to? Don't forget the other podcast. What else could I possibly listen to? Tell them about the other podcast. Shut the fuck up! I'm about to tell them. As I was saying. If you want more content from us and you want to hear us talk more about video games, head over to SoreChomp.com where you can check out our other podcasts such as Chomping After Dark, a spoiler cast that deep dives on various games and movies, and Evoking the Sublime where Shay breaks down the history and creation of a video game often paired with interviews from various developers. Thank you and enjoy. we're back um we're gonna do some social media polls in the patreon poll. i don't know what it is with me coming back in from break today but it's it's a little weird doing some weird You're things. goddamn lunatic <laughs> i'm a lunatic uh first we're gonna do the patreon poll uh same thing as the social media polls on instagram but if you're a patron only you can vote on this and sometimes it benefits us uh, as it helps us develop uh, the patreon experience and sometimes it's just for fun so i asked the patrons this week when you're playing a new game and you're not feeling it how long do you give it until you give up and this is kind of an offshoot a little bit earlier of the talk of gaming in our 30s that was kind of what prompted me to ask the patrons yeah. this um and also i said inspired by how much i hate the piece of shit that is death stranding <laughs> so 46 percent of our patrons said under two hours and 54% said two hours or more before they give up. And I actually received, I think, one or two messages about it. Um, let me double check before you quote me on that. Sai, good buddy of ours, said, unless I just can't stand it, then it only gets five minutes to impress him. Five minutes to impress him. That's kind of blew my mind. Um, hmm. Interesting. I can't live like that. Oh, well, you can, and he does. Kilted Gamer, a good buddy of ours, said, do you start playing the game before two hours? And I thought he was asking me a question. But no, he was talking about Death Stranding, <laughs> which is absolutely right. Um, takes you mm-hmm. about two hours to get through all that dialogue. It's a hard thing to juggle when it comes to Kojima games like that, because some of the best parts of Metal Gear Solid 4 are when you're not playing it. 
That's true. That's a good I'm, point. Yeah. Yeah, but also the disc wasn't spinning. Well, that's a whole other issue. <laughs> DJ, uh, our good buddy Eric S. said, A motherfucker ain't rich. I gotta get my money's worth. I might even power through and beat it. <laughs> Which I, I've definitely felt that from time to time. <laughs> yeah, I, I love- beat Death Stranding. I, his comment made me laugh. I was in. That's uh, so funny. Yeah, I was at work, and then I saw that, and I was kind of chuckling to myself in in the teachers' room, trying not to look like I'm having a seizure in there. But yeah, his response made me laugh. That's so funny. Uh, and our good buddy Tony S said, "If a game isn't good two hours in, it's not for me." So those were the uh, yeah the uh, Patreon comments on the topic. So yeah. if you're interested. To get involved in that, we'll tell you how you can get involved in the back end of the show. The very end of the show. But now, let's get into the social media polls, which you can vote on every Tuesday at the Sword Chomp Instagram. Um, we love to do these little uh, polls to kind of get you guys involved and talking with us about certain topics. It's a lot of fun, and it allows us to talk about less serious stuff generally. So, uh, the first poll... It's less of a poll than it is one of those scientific sliders. Where in the ever-loving fuck is the remaster remake for this game? And it was a picture of Legend of Dragoon. I wanted to know why we haven't gotten that remaster or remake yet. Most people heavily agreed, almost completely on the other side, they mm-hmm. want a remaster or remake of that game. As well they should. Also, let's get to the actual polls now. Many games are dropping this week. There are a ton of games that dropped this past week. So I was curious what games people are wanting to pick up. Are you picking up Alan Wake Remastered? 40% of people said, let there be light. And 60% of people said, I'm staying in the dark. Which Bebop actually messaged me privately and said, this number is crazy low. For people wanting to buy it. People are crazy. Uh, no more Duracell. Uh, I mean, ads, I guess so people can just play the original on Game Pass, right? They don't have yeah, that's to buy true. a remaster. Yeah, the original still, still in a very playable state on PC, at least. Um, and it still has those wonderful ads for I mean, Horizon and Duracell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could just play it with the ads. Or, the ads are removed from the the Steam version, I think. Um, Probably, but yeah, no, you can always just. Uh, Fill yourself a nice big thermos, or actually not a thermos. It's not a thermos. I think it's Coleman. It's whatever Coleman can legally call their 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 fucking thermoses, but um, heat canister. Yeah, their coffee. Their yeah. hot coffee transport. So you, anyway, you, you fill you fill temperature that regulation Coleman canister. legally distinct from thermos <laughs> can up with batteries, and uh, yeah, you're you're most of the way there, and then you just give it a shake. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I was curious. I, I was surprised. Actually, I wasn't too surprised by that that number. I think that, you know, Alan Wake, either people really, really enjoyed it or they're kind of like tepid to not liking it. I don't think there are people that like that game. They either really like that game or they're like, eh, whatever. At least that's Alan been Wake's my cool. experience. Yep. And no, can, I, I, I really like it, that. but also I'm 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 in the don't need remakes camp for the most part unless there's like a unique need for it 
which in some cases there are like there's stuff that just needs to be fixed but well fair enough <laughs> metroid dread are are you gonna buy it 72 percent of people said hell yes 28 percent of people said hell no which i imagine some of those people are probably people who don't own a switch or just don't give a fuck about metroid which that's fine i didn't get i didn't care about metroid for the longest time so but mm-hmm. based on the analytics i've seen every household owns two switches <laughs> especially now with the oled version but mm-hmm. um yeah that number was about where i thought it would be 72 percent of people are really excited and i think that speaks to what they've shown off and kind of uh adding something new to change the formula a little bit i'm excited i will i was excited for it and i'm still excited for it having played it i want to play more yeah so bebop yeah. you are gonna play it right eventually yeah 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 eventually cool i'm gonna i'm gonna try and use my headphones to play that game i think i don't there you go. i think try. that's one that merits it yes yeah especially like i said earlier with the the sound design of the game is amazing so uh, Far, Far Cry 6 are you going to pick that up I was surprised at this because earlier in the poll it was dominating like people really were like I'm going to buy this but 53% of people said NPC's going to die and 47% of people said I'll pass hmm. they're, they're... low on the passing part <laughs> <laughs> for you for sure yeah I was just, a lot of people um we're voting for it at first which i was i was a little bit surprised about but yeah it's um there are people who really really dig far cry yeah yeah no like my cup of tea yeah i get it anymore at least like yeah like i I understand the appeal of that series i just kind of i feel like i've gotten what i'm gonna get out of it at this point personally but yeah yeah if it's something you really dig i i completely see still being into it just i you know not yeah. for me anymore. Yeah, same, same, same. Um, Nickelodeon All Star Brawl bonus. Who do you want to main? Nobody told me who they wanted to main except one person. They said they want to do Cora. <laughs> but um, there you go. Yeah, forty-seven percent of people said I'm ready for the nostalgia, and fifty-three percent of people said it looks god awful. And I got to be honest with you, I was in the ready for the nostalgia camp until I saw a Twitter post where somebody was showing off screenshots of that game. And it looks fucking so bad. Really? I've heard nothing but good things. Really? Yeah. I Maybe they were just bluffing or something, but the screenshots that they were showing off looked terrible. Also, my main is Mark Summers. Mm. Okay. Fair He's enough. in that game, right? Fair enough. I mean, I, I'm still curious about it. I, I do want to someday check it out. I don't know if I'm rushing out to buy a brand new wanting to check it out yeah i'm not interested in dropping money on that at the moment but i I have heard um mostly good things about it and what what i will put out there is based off some friends of mine i've talked to about it it is the smash clone for people that love melee Okay. okay okay bebop you gotta play it no no resounding no Money and time better spent elsewhere, right? Yes, definitely. <laughs> Call me when they add Mark Summers. Call yeah. me when they add Uncle Iroh. Yeah, I was going to say, can I, can I mean J.K. Simmons? <laughs> uh, that's coming, that's coming. <laughs> Get me the pictures of Spider-Man! Mm-hmm. 
Or are you talking about him as Tenzin? Tenzin. Because if you're... Yeah. 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 That's fair, too. I yeah. love him as Tenzin. Yep. Ah. Core is such an underrated show. Yes, it is. Twisted Metal is not only getting a new TV show, but there is a planned free-to-play game in the works. Are you ready to play a Sweet Tooth again? 53% of people said Car Brawl Time. And 47% of people, which I'm sure Rich will agree with, said, ew, why? Nah, I don't really agree with that. Um, I, I hate David Jaffe. Um, I, uh, <laughs> God, it's annoying me that I can't even think of the name of it. Um, that car brawler that came out on the PS5. Wreckfest? Um, re- no, fucking no. <laughs> uh, the so- the so- God damn you. I almost the got so- you to say it. The Sony one. Um, I know which one you're talking I, about. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember remember think the of the name of it either, though. Yeah, that that studio is the one who is handing yes. handling the it, and um, I really like that game, and not enough people played it. Uh, so I kind of like Twisted Metal in their hands is appealing to me. Um, whatever I think about the possibility of a new Twisted Metal, I think about the last time it happened, and I fucking groan. Mm. Oh, uh, the 2012 that, one. Yeah, that and one was pretty re- bad. That's really my issue with it. I'm like, oh, come on. But they they made a really cool fucking game that not enough people checked out. And honestly, that's probably because there's not a lot of PS5s out there for people to be having. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So if they're taking a Twisted Metal IP and taking some of what they they made there. Great. I'm I'm eager to see what that is. (laughs) Yeah. Same. Same. Just based off of your glowing comments about that game. So. Yeah. Bebop, are you interested in Twisted Metal? Oh, definitely. I I love those first like four PS1 games. And uh, Black. I, I actually never played Black. Oh my god. Yeah, Black know, is great. Black is I, the I've best heard one. Really great things, but I just I I don't know for whatever reason I never got around to it. But I mean I love how like like really dark the comedy is in that like it's very very funny you would love everything Black that Land, happens dude. that's games. exactly what black is to like it's cranked up to 11 oh, as somebody well. the last time i went back to those games i couldn't help but ask and maybe it's just me looking at it through an adult lens i'm like yeah it is very funny but was it funny on purpose because uh, yeah, <laughs> now yeah, i don't think so right. or were they just trying to be edgy that, that yeah. based on everything black- i know about david jaffe <laughs> Black, the to be is, honest, there's yeah, a good chance none of this was intentional. <laughs> Returning to Black, you would it would definitely age fairly horribly in terms of the story, just because it is a lot of that edgy shit that was super pos- popular in the early 2000s. Um, it would absolutely be that, but it's this still... ain't your little brother's driving game. <laughs> That's like that was probably a real ad, <laughs> probably. Uh, I there's one character in there that uh, deals with suicide and stuff like that. It was. It was a different time. It was a different time. Yeah. Like, I actually am kind of curious now to go back and experience the storylines just to yikes myself out of it. But By the way, I, I wanted to look this up to not sound like an asshole as I was floating. Up. The game I was uh, trying to recall was Destruction All-Stars. Play, uh, I was going to say PlayStation. I was pretty sure it was PlayStation All-Stars or All-Star Brawlers, but I could PlayStation All-Stars is a very different thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. A few more polls we'll get to. Konami has decided to work on premium gaming again, planning to revive yeah. Castlevania and Silent Hill and to remake Metal Gear Solid 3. Are you excited? 
And this one surprised the ever-loving fuck out of me. 69% of people said about damn time, and 31% of people said nah, over Konami. And the reason why... Could someone else do it? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Who can they sell their IP to that... Yeah. Yeah. What pachinko machine are these games going to be based off of? Right? Well, somebody messaged me about it and was like, well, I guess they're running out of money because nobody was going to pachinko for the past year, so they got to make their money elsewhere. I... Uh... Hmm. Depending on how much effort they're putting into this and the kind of teams they're assembling to do well, it, this this could be really cool, but I have no faith in Konami. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I, I don't expect them <laughs> to be able to put together a good team. Just because who, knowing the way they treat their devs, would ever work for them? Yep. Well, they're just going to get people who are working at the health clubs to do it. I, I know. I know. It's, it's going to be just whoever is willing to take the job. Is, is, yeah, versus it's, willing to work for ass labor. I mean, yeah. for ass wages. Well, I mean, if you really need something on your resume to help you get into the Yakuza, you really should probably work for Konami just to get, <laughs> the, get the your Yakuza hours The Yakuza series or the Yakuza as in? No, the, 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 the syndicate. Oh, okay. Ryugaku Tekka? Uh, um, here's, here's the thing I will give, and this is the most faith I've had in Konami for years. Um, Castlevania Advance Collection just dropped. Uh, both those Castlevania collections that are fairly recent, they did some work I wouldn't have expected of them in those things. Um, yeah, like, you haven't really like, talked about it on the show yet. Yeah, I, I haven't put enough time into it to really talk about it at length. I'll probably get more into this maybe next week, but mm-hmm. just to bring up a good example of it, uh, Castlevania Advance Collection, by default, um, gives you like the upped bit rate on all those soundtracks. Like You can toggle it off mm-hmm. and get that super compressed audio from that the Game crunch. Boy. The but grunge. like yeah, that that tinny ping from like the Game Boy audio. Yeah, this setting is turned on by default, and they fixed it, so you get like the full breadth of those soundtracks, which oh, is dope. work that a lot of studios wouldn't bother to do. And it surprises me that Konami is getting people to do that sort of work. But I think it's great mm. that they are. I mean, I imagine because that number is so high on our poll that there are enough people that feel strongly about these games that are like, yeah, I'm willing to put <sighs> an extra man hour to do it. Yeah. I mean, they own yeah. so much just foundational IP from gaming. I've spent years do. wishing they would sell off IP like I know, Castlevania just, and Metal Gear Solid. Like, it's, it's, not, it's not a joke at all. All they make is gambling machines. That's all they do anymore. Yeah. Uh, well, not anymore, Josh. And well, Now exactly. they make video games, maybe. It's... I mean, well, I have high hopes for it, but... Like, but the, low expectations. The, cyn- the cynic in me doesn't expect anything. Yeah. But as someone who enjoys gaming, I'm hoping that I'm proven wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I would love t- for there to be a new Castlevania that's fucking phenomenal. I would love for them to make a proper remake of Snake Eater that is unbelievable. All these things would be great. I won't hold my breath, but please, by all means, prove me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Bebop, do you have anything to say about that? Yay, games. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
That makes sense. Makes sense. This one, Choo Choo Charles, is a new up-and-coming open-world horror game coming out in 2022. Um, And there's a trailer that recently dropped that had... It's a first-person game, shooter game, that had the main character being chased by a... But this one's (laughs) worth it because it's different. (laughs) No, no, no. Shooter. Shooter. Oh, shooter. It's a first-person shooter. Yes. Sorry, I missed that. Um, Has a clown spider train chasing after the main character. His name is Charles. Is he in charge? It's Charlequin. He's in charge of our days Mm. and our lives. Probably you guys probably can't see that very well. Um, I said, does this clown spider train have you interested? And it was split exactly down the middle. 50% said, give me the horror. 50% 50% said, oh, hell no. But yeah. I, I definitely want to check that game out. I immediately uh, went, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Can I buy it now? Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can by pre-ordering it, Rich. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can, actually. I checked. You can wish list it on Steam. They didn't have a pre-order Yeah, yet. which I did that. Yeah. I'm definitely picking it up. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. It looks amazing. <laughs> you get to reinforce a train. Like, I... Yep. That description where they were like, Choo Choo Charles is dangerous, but you have a machine gun. I was like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I've wanted to customize a train ever since playing Spirit Tracks. They, they're, they're finally allowing yeah. me to do it again. So The thing is, this time, like unlike Final Fantasy, where you suplex a train and it does nothing. Which was, gr- no. The train oh, can oh bite God, back. Fuck you. <laughs> it does nothing. Get out of here with that shit. <laughs> I just wanted to make the joke that the train can bite back this time. Uh, all right, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways. Uh, our, oh, wait. Bebop, are you going to pick up Choo Choo Charles? Uh, uh, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're a horror amazing. fan. I would expect nothing less. <laughs> yeah. The last poll we did, um, <laughs> I got a few messages about this one. For music lovers out there, when you're listening to music, which is more noticeable to you, the guitar or the drums? And, uh, and of course, because I am a drummer, I, I do dabble a little bit in guitar as well, but mainly I play drums. And that's what I hear now. When I listen to music, that's the first thing I listen to. 57% of people said guitar. 43% of people said drums. Understandable. Um, I know I, I received some message. People are like, I think it depends on what instrument you play. Um, I think it depends on the type of genre you're listening to, all that stuff. Of course. That's why I said, you know, like in general. Yeah. What is it that you listen to? For me, it's drums now. And I don't think that'll ever change. How about you guys? It, for me, it's the guitar for me. It's bass, but I was, I, you know, played bass in a lot of bands for many years. So my ears tuned to that. Yeah, I know. But like, if it was one or the other, like bass first, second, between guitar and drums, what are you going to hear, Rich? <laughs> I for me it's drums and that has a lot to do with my ears being tuned to bass to guitar because section. they go yeah. hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those gotta have to be locked in. Yeah, for it to work. So, yep. And Josh, I would assume your drums as well, being a drummer in the past. Yes, yes. But again, like it's it. A lot of it depends on genre. Also, each each particular band. Like some of them, it's just. The, the guitars are just so ridiculously soulful. soulful. Like, yeah. you, you listen to Pink Floyd for the guitars. 
Oh, God. Mm. Oh, yeah, hell yes. Yeah. Anybody... Like, uh, I know a lot of people say Pink Floyd's overrated, but you don't know what you're yeah, talking but dumb, about. so... No. no. Oh my goodness, Wish You Were Here is just one of the best guitar albums of all time. Oh, yeah. Unfucking believable okay. Yeah. Listen to us old fogies mm-hmm. talk about <laughs> should do, We Floyd. should do a music podcast. Yep. I'd love to do like a one-off of that. Um, but no, I wanted to say because, uh, you know, we had three here who, uh, granted, you kind of said drums, Rich, and we had Bebop here. So I like, I just wanted to take this moment to, uh, Say something to you, Bebop. Just a quick second. Hold on. Let me get my mic down here. Why are you pointing the camera Suck at your crotch? Oh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I love that. That was Generation on purpose. X. That's right. I mean, we're Everybody bringing does. everything back. We're in our 30s, man. <laughs> I got to bring everything back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's, uh, I'm, I'm a melody guy. Like, that, that's, that's what I, yeah. my ears go to. And drums don't necessarily always have melody. Not um, always. Yeah, they, they, they can, but they, they like usually the rhythm stuff is not the, the first thing you think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I my favorite thing is when you find a musician that just has their voice dialed in, mm-hmm. and they're willing to take on like different parts of that voice as well, but still their voice rings so clearly through the music. And I'm not talking about singing. I'm talking about like. When you hear hear Neil Peart drum, you know it's Neil Peart. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Like yeah. you know. When you hear David Gilmore play the guitar, you know it's him. Um, when you unmistakable hear, sound to it. Yeah. When you hear uh, Les Claypool on the bass, you know it's Les Claypool. Oh Christ! Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like ain't nobody like, got. That I'm listing all these musicians. Like I, I could talk about so many others. I could really get lost. I, I love music. Um, so. Yeah, that's. I, I was just curious about that. I was thinking about it this week, um, and yeah, I was like, I always listen to drums first. Now, I mean, I'm sure there was a point in time when I was younger when I didn't really understand music that I would just listen to the voice or the guitar, whatever the main voice was of the music that I'm listening mm-hmm. to. But now I, I I listen to other stuff, and um, there's a podcast just for my leisure that I've talked about on here called Strong Songs. I've listened to it multiple times. Uh, the the host of that show kind of breaks stuff down. So I, I'm even listening now more intricately to music than I ever have before. I'm trying to catch all these little parts and these little production things that um, people do in their music. But yeah, I was just curious about it. I, I received one message that was like, how can you be so evil and post something like this? It's <laughs> like, sorry, I was just mm-hmm. curious. Sorry but, there, bud. Yeah. But anyways, that's going to wrap up the show. I mean, this one's been a fun uh, show. We kept it at about the three hour mark. I'm impressed that we were able to not go longer. And I'm sure Bebop's like, how the fuck did these guys do this week in and week out? <laughs> we're going to add a new segment. Yeah. It's called 20 minutes of silence. Deal with it. No, it's but, my favorite uh, part. <laughs> yeah. First off, I want to say thank you to uh, Bebop. Thank you so much for being here, dude. Um, been wanting to get you on the show here for a little while. How yeah. can people check out the stuff that you do? Like wh- everything that you're doing right now? Cause you're doing a lot. Yeah. What, uh, what can people check out? How can they check it out? Honestly, probably the best place to go is uh, I guess Instagram. That's, that's probably where I, post the most consistently um but you can find uh, pretty much everything that i personally am working on and like my own stuff uh if you go over there just follow culture underscore bop 
that's the kind of, I guess, name of my quote unquote company. Mm. Um, and that's, uh, I mean, that's where I post the most of my stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, you have videos on there. You have stuff with hunting pixels, your podcast that you do yep. your main one. You're, you just started a new podcast as well, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it's a media discussion, uh, sort of spoiler cast sort of thing, uh, very similar to what you guys do with uh, Chomping After Dark. Mm. Um, and uh, actually, uh, hopefully, iTunes has finally greenlit us and will be available on all podcast services. But for right nope. now, we're still missing on Apple. It's all right. Damn you. Bastards. Mm. That's Bastards. all right. <laughs> the, the, the good thing to know is that iTunes podcasts have not grown that much in the past few years where Spotify is the biggest growing platform to listen to podcasts right now. So as long as you're on Spotify, that's the best one to be on. Very cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't look into these things. Well, Well, there was nothing to, for Apple to grow into once everyone owned it. We love analytics here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing at the simultaneous joke of Josh and Rich both making a joke. Mm -hmm. One laugh for both jokes. You guys don't get two. Thank you. You're welcome. No problem. But no, seriously, Bebop, thank you for making the time. And also, um, we have a Chomping After Dark going up in a few days for the patrons and at the end of the month for the normal listeners. Bebop was also on an episode of Chomping After Dark. We talked about Ender Lilies, and that's finally going up. And what's funny is, like, Bebop, you had mentioned that you were going to get the Seinfeld video up, and it was probably going to be up (laughs) by the time that this recording went up. And I was like, oh, shit, he mentioned that. Maybe I should get this this episode up sooner, just in case. You're still working on that video. (laughs) Yeah, just, uh, I mean, honestly, if you want to postpone that till the end of the year so I can get this video done. Nope. No, it's going to be really, that'd be really helpful. It's going to put your ass to the fire now, buddy, because that's going up and people are going to be like, where is that Seinfeld video? Right. You know, it's, it's funny. I'm working on that. And then I was like, you know, what would be fun for like my patrons and my audience? Maybe I'll do some like little Christmas gift. You know what? I think I'll make like a little Christmas themed horror short film. Yeah, that'll be fun. So now I've got to work on a video and now I've got to finish writing directing producing this fucking horror short <laughs> like so things I mean, that's kind of a, that's get a lot of free that's time. kind of a dream come true for you though oh yeah for sure for sure and that shit's so fun dude back when we i was doing twitch a lot more i would make these like short minute minute plus videos and i'd be like hey guys can you send me like a five second clip of you doing this and uh i'll have to send those to you because they're fucking stupid and amazing at the same time of some of the ones that i made Mm-hmm. <sighs> I would love that. Yeah, but thank thank you so much for being here, Bebop. Uh, check his show no, out, thank Hunting you guys. Pixels, wherever you listen to podcasts, um, and check out some of his other stuff. Like, go to his Instagram. Um, I want to also thank Josh and Rich for being here, um, as they're contractually obligated to. Mm-hmm. I want to go home. Uh, if you want to check out some of our stuff head over to sorechomp.com where you can get access to the merch that we're doing Uh, we just got hats up and uh, what's the other thing I don't fucking remember just go to our merch store and check out all our awesome stuff I don't remember (laughs) cummerbunds yeah we got cummerbunds and bummer cuns whatever that is let's end the show I felt Let's like I was saying something hate, really heinous by I, saying I, I, I hate that. Let's end the show. Mm. No, no, I'm not quite done yet. 
Uh, I'm done. I've been done. So done. <laughs> we also have reviews and articles up on the site that Rich has alluded to multiple times this episode. He's really been working on. Give us some love over there. I'm Check so out some tired. of the materials. I'm so tired. Um, we're uh, gearing up to release some Chomping After Dark episodes. Uh, we're we're doing a lot of episodes here in the next few weeks. Really excited about that. Also, I'm trying to think of anything else that I'm forgetting. Oh, oh Patreon, uh, of course. Patreon. Oh, that, that, there's not another podcast coming out this week you well, want to talk on. about? <laughs> I was gonna that, that was gonna be the last thing, so that could be the most. Ah, I'm sorry. That could be the most high lit thing, but you know what? Mm. You go ahead. Anyways, I'll let you. No, you'll let me do the Patreon. God damn it! That's what uh, I was doing. Patreon, Patreon is the place where you can help us out the most, and uh, you get the most benefits out of that. Uh, there are a ton of tiers that you can check out there that uh, you get rewarded for supporting us and keeps the lights on here, allows us to make more content. We can make more reviews. So like the person saying, I want you to play Alan Wake, you support our Patreon, I can purchase said game and give you said review, you know, things of that nature. But um, you also get other you, benefits Jay. out of it. And uh, you... What a nice guy. And, well, that, and you allow... Uh, my family did not call me a douchebag when I tell them that I do a video game podcast as a living. Josh, no teeth. Still gonna happen. I don't know if we're in that ballpark yet. Uh, we'll get there someday. I think you've got Uh, quite a few more. Shay, you're a douchebag in your future. I deserve it, let's be honest. In perpetuity, more than likely. But the, the last thing I wanted to highlight, we've talked about it the past few weeks here and there. Rich has a new podcast coming out. Rich, take it away. Yeah! Uh, okay, so thank you. That's if, all our time for today. Oh my god, that's so mean. <laughs> um, if you're listening to this on release day, we are a few short ways away. I am aiming for this coming Wednesday to release the first episode of Chomping at the Bits. Um, the normal RSS will not be up just yet, so you're going to grab it in this main feed where it'll come. Uh, this is my historical reflection-based podcast on old games deep dives on uh games of yesteryear our first episode is on the arcade classic donkey kong where we dive into development history our personal histories with it um it's i've assembled a crew for this that is a lot of fun and we had a lot of fun talking about games and we can't wait to talk about more so i hope you guys uh like this inaugural episode yeah i actually listened to it this week Uh, i was passing some notes along to rich um just trying to help make the product the best it can be and i really enjoyed the episode a lot uh the crew that he has with him the banter's awesome they clearly are good friends and they know each other's style so it's an awesome episode definitely check it out when it goes live on the feed yeah and uh rich doesn't make any jokes about putting a banana in a tailpipe or he doesn't make any he doesn't make any jokes about corns y'all y'all want a single which you'll know is at about the 22 minute mark which i was very disappointed in you and your crew rich i was very disappointed you know it's low-hanging fruit and we just don't vibe with that you know what is low-hanging fruit a banana so we're gonna get out of here um thank you so much for checking out the show that's, that's thank you to bebop thank you to false there's, there's yeah that's not how bananas work the trees are way up there ah <laughs> uh, i guess if you're short Short shaming, height shaming, look at me, cancel me. Um, yeah, get out just of be here. taller. Come on, short people. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the show. We love you guys. Uh, be safe and be well out there. Drink lots of water, be nice to each other, and take care. <laughs>